www.supertalkradio.com. Wednesday, the 18th of October, the Feast of St. Luke, the Evangelist. Let's pray together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our hope is in you, O Lord, our God. You are just to the oppressed. Grant a love for your justice to all who wield political and economic power. You give bread to the hungry. Grant your help to those who provide food for those in need. You give sight to the blind. Grant love's insight to those who are blind to others' needs. All-loving God, you bound up the world's wounds by the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. Sustain in your people a strong desire to proclaim your healing word by lives of mercy and compassion for all, through the same Christ our Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Luke the Evangelist, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along on a Wednesday morning. I'm Matt Swaim, and those of you who are looking at the live stream are like, where is that guy? Well, I'm at the Catholic Radio Conference in Birmingham, Alabama, with a whole bunch of uh, people who run the radio stations you're listening to right now. And uh, it's going to be a fun day, an exciting day. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell's got news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis is running the video stream this morning. We'll catch in. Uh, we'll check in rather with uh, Dr. John Bergsma uh, with more thoughts on love basics for Catholics. Father Rob Jack will talk about purgative prayer this morning. Sounds intense. Gary Zimak uh, will dive into Psalm 100 with us and talk about making a joyful noise to the Lord. And then Joseph Pierce has a class that he's doing for Ave Maria University on J.R.R. Tolkien. So uh, you'll want to know about that. Right now, though, it is two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. President Biden is in Israel visiting the country while it as is at war. Air Force One landed at Ben Gurion Airport near Tel Aviv this morning, where Biden was greeted by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and other Israeli officials as part of a diplomatic mission to secure humanitarian aid to Gaza. The trip comes as many in the region are still reeling from an explosion at a hospital in the Gaza Strip that killed hundreds yesterday. Israel and Palestinian officials are blaming each other for the blast. Meanwhile, Pope Francis has made a phone call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish in Gaza. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Sister Nabila Saleh of the Rosary Sisters of Jerusalem shared a summary of a phone call she received from Pope Francis the other night, saying the Pope assured us that we are in his prayers and that he knows the suffering we are enduring. The religious sister serves in the Holy Family Parish, the only Latin Rite parish in Gaza. Speaking to Vatican Radio afterwards, Sister Salah said the Pope called the parish priest, Father Yusuf, who then handed her the phone so she could speak directly with the Pope, since the Father does not speak Italian very well. She said Pope Francis wanted to know how many people are sheltering in the parish's facilities, and she said there are about 500 people, including the sick, families, children, the disabled, and people who've lost their homes and belongings, adding that it was a great blessing to be able to speak with the Pope. She said the Pope gave them courage and support in prayer. 
Sister Sala asked the Pope to make an appeal for peace and told him that Catholics in Gaza are offering their sufferings for an end to the war, for peace, for the needs of the Church, and for the ongoing Synod. She said our parishioners were very pleased and they know that the Pope is working for peace and for the good of the Christian community in Gaza. Asked about the situation in Gaza, Sister Salah said people are trying to support each other as much as possible in their difficulties and are praying earnestly for peace. Sister Salah wrapped up the interview with an appeal for peace and justice in Palestine. She said we want peace because war does no one any good. And she said many people have lost their loved ones, their homes and everything they have. And she concluded, we ask you to pray for us. I'm Thaddeus Jones. The Times of Israel says Hamas is unlikely to take up the Latin patriarch of Jerusalem's offer of himself in exchange for child hostages they're holding. Speaking with journalists this week, Cardinal Pierre Batista Pizzaballa said, if this could bring about the freedom of children, no problem. My absolute willingness. Hamas is believed to be holding nearly 200 hostages, including children. The Jerusalem-based online news outlet reports Hamas is not likely to consider the offer. The U.S. is providing Ukraine with long-range missiles. U.S. officials confirmed yesterday that the Biden administration has been quietly providing the missiles to Ukraine. The confirmation comes after Ukrainian forces attacked two air bases in Russian-held territory yesterday. Ukrainian, the Ukrainian military posted on X that the attack destroyed several Russian helicopters and other structures. The former Speaker of the House says he is hopeful that Republican Jim Jordan of Ohio will soon win the Speaker's gavel. Trey Thomas has more. Jordan lost the first speaker vote Tuesday, but Congressman Kevin McCarthy of California said he went through the same process before he was elected speaker. So now we had a vote on the floor. They didn't get to the whole point. Now we'll take a break, talk to people, and come back and solve it. McCarthy went on to blame a handful of Republicans for siding with Democrats to grind the government to a halt. The House has been without a speaker for two weeks following the removal of Kevin McCarthy. I'm Trey Thomas. Attorneys for former President Trump are filing a notice of appeal following the decision of a federal judge to issue a gag order, a partial gag order against him earlier this week. The order was issued Monday prohibiting Trump from publicly criticizing witnesses, prosecutors, and court staff that are involved in the criminal case against him. Trump called the ruling unconstitutional after it was announced on Monday and once again commented on it yesterday to reporters at a New York City courthouse. And the Phillies are just two wins away from advancing to the World Series for the second straight year. Kyle Schwarber hit two of the Phillies' three solo home runs as they crushed the Diamondbacks 10 to nothing in Game 2 of the NLCS in Philadelphia. The Diamondbacks will host Game 3 of the series tomorrow in Phoenix. I feel like this whole postseason has just been Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos and Bryce Harbour hitting yeah, home we runs. We got a few, few Mr. Octobers. Misters yes. October. Misters October. Yeah. Indeed. I think it's the, the Mister is the one that's plural. There's only one October going on right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How's it going over there, misters. Matt? It's going well. Yeah. I hung out at a reception. Catholic Answers uh, hosted a little reception at the really? radio. Really? conference last night there's a big bus going over to ewtn headquarters today 
And I'm going to go over and uh, check it out myself after we get done with the radio this morning. Do so you have, do they have good, good breakfast food, like grits and stuff? And um, I don't know, but there's a Costco that's like right next to this place. And I went over and got some like, some snacks. <laughs> well, that's good. Got that's some snacks. Good. But they had no, uh, Catholic Answers had like a mac and cheese bar last night. Ooh. That was like their reception food. It was like an omelet bar, except it was instead of like the eggs and you pick all the things, it was mac and cheese. And they like Interesting. stir fried your mac and cheese. Yeah. Stir fried your mac and cheese. Yes. Leading apologetics uh, apostolate in uh, the American church, but also leading in heavy apps, like very strongly. Yeah. Wow. But it was a good time. Good. Good. I saw some people you know. I'll tell you about it later. Okay, good. I look forward to it. Well, today is Wednesday, October the 18th. It is the Feast of St. Luke the Evangelist. Pray for us. It's eight past. Dr. John Bergsma back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We've been going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Anna. So we are continuing to look at the love of God for his people as expressed in the prophets. And we talked last time about the spousal imagery in Hosea, or I guess I should say the unfaithful spousal imagery. Um, Today we are going to look at a passage in the prophet Isaiah that you cite in your chapter here on the prophets. This is Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 3. It says... Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligent to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, merciful love for David. Now, Doc, why is this passage significant when we talk about this idea of spousal love between God and Israel? Yes. Well, it follows on Isaiah 54, where we get beautiful language about God resuming his marriage with Israel, and then this uh, call to the poor of the earth, Anna, the people who have no money, who are lacking, you know, the price for a meal, are all being invited to this wonderful banquet. And it's really a wedding banquet, because when they come, and participate in this banquet and and listen to God's summons, they will enter into a covenant. And that's what happens at a wedding banquet. A wedding banquet is a celebration of a covenant that's being formed between a bride and groom. And so they respond to this call of God. They come to this wonderful banquet, and then God makes with them this unbreakable covenant that is the same love, the same covenantal love that he had for David. So they come into what we call the Davidic uh, covenant. So it's connected with that previous chapter and the idea of God 
reestablishing the marital covenant with the people of Israel. Can you talk about God's uh, game here, I guess you could say, um, why this would be so important, so enticing, I think, to, to people who were living in exile? Because they felt like they had been, as it were, divorced by God, like God had abandoned them, cast them away because of their sins, because of their unfaithfulness. And living in poverty, living in exile, this sense that uh, there was no future, And into that reality, Isaiah comes, and he speaks these words of hope and tells the people of Israel, despite the poverty that you're experiencing now, despite the sense that you're at the mercy of your enemies and you have no national future and you don't have a personal future with God, God is going to come one day and offer you this invitation to come into an intimate relationship with himself without any preconditions and establish with you these, this eternal bond. And, of course, Anna, we read this. Uh, this is one of the readings during the Easter Vigil as we are preparing. Actually, we read both Isaiah 54 and 55 here, mm-hmm. both those passages in the Easter Vigil as we're preparing people to come and, uh, well, lo and behold, you know, partake in a free meal, which is going to initiate them into a new covenant. Quite the feast that you get when uh, when entering into the fullness of communion with, with the church in, in the Holy Eucharist. And actually, I... I think this is interesting, too, and maybe maybe this is wrongheaded on my part, but I was thinking about this passage in light of, of those who got to stay and sort of replant Jerusalem um, because the, the people who were exiled were exiled because they were enslaving their brother, right? So those mm-hmm. who were enslaved got to stay behind and, and, and be invited to this feast as well. Absolutely. It extends to all, you know. And there was a sense among ancient Israelites that wealth was a sign that you were favorable to God, and wealth also enabled you to keep the cleanliness laws of Moses because you could afford a ritual bath in your own home and you didn't have to do manual labor, etc. And so there was a strong sense in ancient times that, boy, if you're poor, you know, if you worked the land, you weren't pleasing to God. But uh, such is not the case, and uh, this beautiful passage calls those without material resources uh, into this relationship with God and assures them that this banquet is coming that's going to bring them into an unbreakable uh, spousal relationship with the God of Israel. Well, that's really interesting that they would think that manual labor with the land was not good. I mean, that was the first thing that God told Adam, right, was to till and keep the garden. Absolutely. Yeah, but in time, you know, having a job that uh, did not require you to have contact with the earth or animals, et cetera, all of which could be sources of uncleanness, that became a real thing, especially in the first century when we're looking at the Gospels. So, you know, the Pharisees tried to avoid that kind of stuff. They were, so to speak, white-collar workers. Really interesting. Okay, I want to close out the conversation. Uh, Reading the next two verses after what I just read um, a little bit ago, these are verses 4 and 5. It says, Behold... 
talking about David here. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call nations that you know not and nations that knew you not shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. So this is not just the people of Israel who are being invited to this wedding banquet. No, indeed. It's really quite amazing because in those passages, we see an anticipation of something that could not have been predicted or anticipated, uh, you know, back in the 700s, 600s, etc. BC. Here we're talking about Gentile groups like, say, Germans, Dutch, Chinese, Americans, Americans, (laughs) who never had contact with ancient Israel, actually seeking out the God of Israel. Uh, So quite remarkable. Quite remarkable. Thank you so much, Dr. John Bergsma. The book is called Love Basics for Catholics. It's from Ave Maria Press, and you can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Headlines coming up next. It's 17 past. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. This month's devotion is to the Holy Rosary. St. John Paul II called the Rosary his favorite prayer, in which we meditate with Mary upon the mysteries, which she, as a mother, meditated on in her heart. The Rosary is one of the most cherished prayers of our Catholic faith. Join in this devotion to Mary and strengthen our connection to Our Lady with rosary beads, bracelets, boxes, pouches, and rings. Available at EWTNRC.com. 19 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. President Biden is in Israel, becoming the first president to visit the country while it is at war. This coming in the wake of an explosion at a hospital in the Gaza Strip that killed hundreds yesterday. Pope Francis has made a call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish in Gaza, and the Holy Father also has recently granted an interview to an Argentine news outlet answering questions about his encyclicals, the synod, and war around the world. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Anna Mitchell got the 
uh, meet a bunch of different people. I mentioned that I, I met some people who were very complimentary of you and your work. Oh, um, that's but nice. I got to thanks. Got to sit and uh, and eat and speak with uh, some various people from various Phillies. Want to shout out Real Presence Radio. Met some nice. people from there. Uh, of course, um, lots and lots of Guadalupe Radio people. Uh, oh, that makes met, sense. Met uh, a couple of people from the uh, John Paul the Great radio station in Tiffin, Ohio. Nice. And, of course, I had to hand deliver to Kansas Skyline Chili some oyster crackers because I lost a bet with Adam from Covenant Radio, <laughs> host of their Roadmap to Heaven show, which we open up for and which we lost to in a gentleman's wager involving the Cardinals and the Reds. <laughs> but the, the package has been delivered. Oh, good. You've made good so on it. You know that. Nice. Nice. I'm a man of honor. His wife got film of me uh, making the handoff. I'm sure he's going to use it to manipulate us <laughs> and all kinds of things. There's the always we'll next see. year, Matt. There's always next year. Aye, aye, aye. It's 21 past. Ryan Lopez here. You know, making a positive impact on the world starts with making a difference in your local community. Every day, thousands of people invite Sacred Heart Radio into their homes, cars, and places of work. And because of this, they can go out into their communities, strengthened by the gospel message and ready to spread the love of God. This is all made possible because of the generous support of listeners like you. Now, if you want to make a difference locally to change the world globally, visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate. Thank you. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life, Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center, featuring former abortionist Dr. John Bruchowski, musician Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North, activist Mark Hauk, abortion survivor Rebecca Kiesling, and Sacred Heart Radio's Anna Mitchell, the Golden Evening for Life, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiRightToLife.org. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have traveled to nearly every corner of the world. Founded by St. Daniel Comboni, we are an international Catholic organization dedicated to ministering the world's poorest and most abandoned people. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at combonimissionaries.org. That is ComboniMissionaries.org. Twenty-three minutes past the hour, you're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on this feast of Saint Luke the Evangelist, the Gospel writer, the writer of Acts of the Apostles. Pray for us. Father Rob Jack joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is host of Driving Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Radio here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Father, good morning. Morning, Anna. It's good to have you back. And we're continuing our series on how to speak Catholic. Today we are going to learn about purgative prayer. What is that? 
Well, it's a stage. When we think about our prayer life, oftentimes we deal with it in terms of our feelings, feeling this way, feeling that way. But the most unpredictable thing we have in our prayer life, in our life of our soul, are our feelings. And so what we have to do is think about, one, what the goal of prayer is, and two, how do we grow uh, in our steps? And so the three classical ways of talking about prayer is the purgative way, and that when you do that well, that'll lead you to the illuminative way. And then if you do that really well, then you get to the unitive way. But in the process of doing it, it requires not only God's grace, which is, of course, always there, it requires our effort. And so the purgative way pretty much come, describes, uh, is described as through the word. And so we talk about a purgation. It's cleaning up. In other words, for us to really be ready to receive God, we have to have the room, and we have to have what I call the purity of heart and the clarity of vision. And so what begins with prayer is that when we begin our prayer, we notice oftentimes through the gift of self-knowledge, which is another gift of prayer, that there are things standing in the way of us coming closer to God. Some of those things are on the outside, like not making enough time or a lot of noise. Some of them are the inside, which is our sinfulness, our bad habits, Uh, All those things, they all go together. And what we find happening is if our goal is to be united with God, we can talk about what all that means later. When we think about the steps of our spiritual life, oftentimes we can talk about it in terms of, okay, right now I'm still in the cleaning phase, you know? I got to go in there and take out my selfishness. I got to take out my uh, self-centeredness. I have to take out my... Uh, my greediness, my laziness, all those things. And what we see happening is that as we take care of these things, slowly but surely with our sincere work, but also God's grace, we begin to find more room in our heart for God. I imagine confession is a big part of this? It sure is. It sure is. Uh, And also the acknowledgement that we need cleaning up, you know. We can, as as you and I both know, and any human being knows, we can learn to live in about any kind of situation we're in. We can learn to cope. And the thing is, is if we do that and we become satisfied or complacent, that's always going to open up the door to more temptations and more obstacles and could turn us away from God. And so the purgative way says you come to the Lord, and in the process, uh, the Lord shows you things in your life. And you think, why is it so hard for me to get up and pray? And he says, well, it would help better if you had more than four hours of prayer a night. You know, you wouldn't be falling asleep in your prayers. Yeah. And then you find out, uh, well, why is it I have trouble growing in the love of God? Well, it could be because you have people in your life that you won't forgive. You have people in your life who uh, who you need to ask forgiveness from, you know, that when we talk about our prayer life, it's not just talking to God all the time. The goal, the goal is growth. And what I found, and, and maybe you found it too, that usually when you think you've reached a certain plateau of prayer and you say, boy, you know, this is going pretty good, what does God usually do? He says, well, yeah, okay, this is good for beginners, 
But guess what? Here's more stuff that's been popping up that we got to deal with. You are hitting on a question that I wanted to ask about this stage, the purgative stage, because as you were saying, uh, the goal is to move higher and higher in these stages, the illuminative, the illuminative and the 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 uh, unitive. Um, is there ever a point when we stop being in the purgative phase? I mean, or or are we constantly sort of shifting back to that to to continue on in the journey? We shift back. I mean, when we think about it, when we oftentimes think about growth, we go from point A and we're done with point A. We go to point B and right. we're done with point B. And we go. That doesn't happen with us in our prayer life. What happens is we, we start at point A. And then we have the, the next two steps are not, shall we say, permanent or lasting steps. Mm. They're, they're, they're glimpses of God's glory. They're, they're uh, what's the word, expressions of God's love for us that can further our peace and give us wisdom and, and help us see a, a clearer situation. But as soon as we get there, we find, oh, no, there's now a couple other deeper things that have gone on. The greatest saints of the church have never, ever, shall we say, graduated fully from the purgative stage. Mm. Well, it, it kind <laughs> of a, it, it makes it makes me think of, like, to use imagery of um, art, you know, sculpting, for instance. Yeah. You're, like, hitting off the big chunks of things, but then eventually you got to, like, chisel, and then you got to, like, sand. I mean, it, it's never really a complete work in the end. Well, it isn't, because we can't do all the work ourselves. We, we, we make the progress. God then takes us and moves us to the next step. Prayer is always learning how to be connected to the Lord and let the Lord draw us when we show him that we're ready for it by looking at our life and examining our conscience and trying to go away from sin. Yeah, there's always more polishing. That can but be not done. to the point that we're scrupulous. Exactly. Well, that's a whole different situation we'll have to talk about sometime. Oh, okay, good. We'll uh, we'll look forward to that conversation in the future. In the meantime, you can find Father Rob Jack and Driving Home the Faith linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. You can tune in to Sacred Heart Radio's live stream and listen from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Father Rob, thank you so much. You have a good day, Anna. You do the same, Father. Thank you. It's half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. President Biden is making a wartime visit to Israel just after a deadly blast at a Gaza hospital yesterday that killed hundreds. Palestinian officials are blaming Israel, but the Pentagon says it is not clear who is responsible. Israel has said the bombing was the result of a rocket misfire carried out by Islamic Jihad. Jordan was scheduled to host a summit between Biden and the Egyptian and Palestinian leaders, but canceled it after the bombing. Lebanon's Hezbollah has called for a day of rage over the hospital bombing. Meanwhile, a ground invasion of Gaza by Israeli forces still appears imminent. Trey Thomas reports. Israel has imposed a blockade of the Gaza Strip, along with bombarding the region after Hamas's coordinated attacks earlier this month. The death toll from the fighting has now risen to 4,400. This comes as the U.S. and Israel have agreed to a plan to provide humanitarian aid from donor nations to civilians in Gaza. I'm Trey Thomas. The Times of Israel says Hamas is unlikely to take up the 
Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem's offer up himself in exchange for child hostages they're holding. Speaking with journalists this week, Cardinal Pierre Batista Pizzaballa said, if this could bring about the freedom of children, no problem. My absolute willingness. Hamas is believed to be holding nearly 200 hostages, including children. The Jerusalem-based online news outlet reports Hamas is not likely to consider his offer. Pope Francis, meanwhile, has made a phone call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish in Gaza. Sister Nabila Saleh of the Rosary Sisters of Jerusalem told Vatican Radio that the Holy Father asked about how many were sheltering at their parish, and she said the answer is about 500, including the sick, families, children, the disabled, and people who have lost their homes and belongings. She said it was a great blessing to be able to speak with him. He gave us courage and support in prayer. Pope Francis has granted an interview to an Argentine news outlet answering questions about his encyclicals, the synod, and war around the world. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. The word crisis, said the Pope, contains an internal dynamism which implies that we cannot emerge from a crisis alone, but must find a path to overcome it from above. Asked about the state of humanity in our day, the Pope said our world lacks protagonists of humanity, people who are able to embrace their culture and manage crises in full awareness of their own identity. He said dialogue is essential to resolve any crisis, including wars between nations. You cannot dialogue with others if you do not have awareness of where you stand, he said. When two conscious identities meet, they can dialogue and take steps towards an agreement. Pope Francis went on to address those who call him a, quote, dictator when they comment on his social encyclicals. It is not true, he said. The Pope takes the gospel and says what the gospel says. And he added, I clarify that I am not a communist, as some say. The Pope follows the gospel. Turning to the ongoing synod on synodality, Pope Francis acknowledged that the church needs to adapt to the times of every age. From the beginnings of the Second Vatican Council, John XXIII had a very clear perception. The church had to change, he said. It is not just about changing fashion, but about a change that promotes the dignity of individuals, but always promoting harmony in the church. Concluding the interview, the Pope highlighted the importance of being able to laugh and embrace the virtue of hope, saying we cannot live without hope. Regarding his apostolic journeys, Pope Francis said he would like to go to Argentina. Speaking of the farthest places left, he added, I still have Papua New Guinea left. I'm Devin Watkins. The bishops of San Francisco and Oakland have issued a joint letter on the influence of gender ideology, which they say has become pervasive in contemporary society. Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione and Bishop Michael Barber say, quote, male-female sexual difference and complementarity are also essential to a Christian understanding of marital conjugal union, which is itself an image of Trinitarian communion. Eliminating this difference, they say, would diminish in man and woman part of what it means to bear God's image and likeness. They say to those experiencing gender dysphoria, we wish to affirm that God knows us, loves us, and desires our flourishing. It's 35 past the hour.
the podcast of the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith let you replay and share an interview. They even have markers to help you find the interview quickly. Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast are in the daily show notes at sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life, Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center, featuring former abortionist Dr. John Bruchowski, musician Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North, activist Mark Hauk, abortion survivor Rebecca Kiesling, and Sacred Heart Radio's Anna Mitchell. The Golden Evening for Life, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiWriteToLife.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of St. Luke the Evangelist, Wednesday, October the 18th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Looks like it's going to be pretty nice today. Right now, temperatures in the upper 30s, lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, partly cloudy today with a high of 68 degrees, turning mostly cloudy tonight, not as chilly with an overnight low of 53. Rain likely with downpours possible in the afternoon tomorrow and a high of 65. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny to partly cloudy today and a high of 67. Mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower tonight with an overnight low of 52 cloudy with occasional rain showers tomorrow and a high of 66 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. It is 37 minutes past the hour. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com. We've been going through a little study on the Psalms and trying to apply them to our daily lives. Gary, good morning. Hey, Matt. Good morning. All right. We're in Psalm 100 today. Uh, what are you looking at there? You know, Matt, this is um, this is a great Psalm for, for those of us who sometimes struggle with... Um, with finding joy. You know, it's we, we wake up, we think, oh my gosh, my life is a mess. Everything's going wrong. I feel empty. I feel I'm worried. I'm anxious. This psalm is perfect for us. Let me just read it. It's a short one. Let me just read the beginning of it. Psalm 100, verse 1 starts out like this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. And I have to be honest, Matt, there have been times when I've looked at these words, because this is one of the more popular psalms in the book of Psalms, and I thought, why? Why should I make a joyful noise if I'm not feeling it today? You know, I'm struggling with all kinds of problems. Why should I make a joyful noise? Fortunately, in the next couple of verses, we get the answer. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with, with singing. So right there, I'm reminded that I am, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm dealing with, I'm in the presence of the Lord. He's with me. That is reason to rejoice. The next verse, verse 3, know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us. We are his. He made us. He created us out of nothing. Another reason to rejoice. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 
In other words, he's leading us. He's our shepherd. We're the sheep. He is in control of our lives. And in those very first verses of Psalm 100, I'm reminded that no matter what's happening externally in my life, I have a reason to rejoice in the Lord's presence and in his protection. You know, there's uh, so much to be said here about this psalm uh, specifically, but I can't help but uh, consider the irony of, you know, liturgical expression and uh, our participation and how bad Catholics are sometimes at singing along uh, with the <laughs> with the choir and the cantor. <laughs> right, right. And usually it's the psalm where everybody just completely dies out. Off. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, people might be there for the Gloria. They might even be with you for a little bit of the Kyrie eleison or some of the other stuff. But often the psalm, it's not making a joyful noise to the Lord. It is making a mildly attentive noise to the Lord, <laughs> if that. Right. You know, right. so, I mean, it just strikes me that, that this is, you know, it, it's always sort of weird when it's like a, a joyful and exuberant responsorial line we're singing and everybody's just sort of half dialed in. Right, right. And, and I think it's important to, to take a closer look at some words in these psalms because, yeah, there are foreign, there are foreign situations to us. There are, uh, it's a different time. It was written many, many years ago. Sometimes we think we can't relate, but for for me, when I when I look at a psalm like this, and, and I really start to unpack it, and just look at the basics, what's being said here, and it, it calls to mind the fact that yeah, I always have a reason to rejoice, and of course, joy is a one of the the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So I can rejoice through with the help of the Holy Spirit. One of the things the Holy Spirit helps me to do is reminds me of the fact, as this psalm says, that I'm in the presence of the Lord. He's with me. He's in control. He didn't promise to reveal all the details of everything that's going on to me, but that's what faith is. Faith is that trust, that choosing to trust in the Lord, choosing to believe. You know, when I read this, I choose to believe that the Lord is present. Can I see him around me? No. But I choose to believe that he is present with me and that he is in control. And just thinking about that starts my day off in in the right way as we're having this discussion I'm realizing that he's, he's with me. It's going to be okay. Yes, I may have to suffer. There might be difficulties, but the Lord is in charge of my life. He's going to walk with me throughout the day, and I will be just fine. Yeah, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, as you pointed out. I mean, this is a fairly yeah. short psalm. It's uh, the it kind that you could memorize uh, very easily. Um, but, you know, it, it, it strikes me. I just keep on coming back to this concept of, like, are we— using Mass as that time to sort of express any kind of, um, I guess, joy, thanksgiving. It says here in verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And, you know, I think sometimes we're good at that if we're in the right mood, (laughs) right? Yeah. Uh, But a lot of times, um, like I said, that could be a difficult thing to do. And, you know, if there's one critique that, you know, a lot of evangelicals level at, at Catholics, it's that they walk in and they they see Catholics at Mass and like, it doesn't even seem like you guys care about what's going on or are half paying attention. Uh, if we entered his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, uh, you know, and were, you know, more dialed in that way, I wonder how many people would stop by our church and visit and be like, man, these people love the Lord, right? They have a relationship right, with Christ, right. you know, not that we have to have like some kind of like a big show, but it does matter. I think that we're attentive, that we're joyful, that we enter with thanksgiving. Yeah, and, and you know what, Matt, I need this reminder, and what you just said is so important. 
enter his gates with thanksgiving, you know, as I'm walking in the church. And I'm blessed to be able to go to daily Mass. But I'll, I'll be honest, there are times when, you know, I'm not exactly where I should be mentally. You know, sometimes I do go through the motions more than I'd like to admit. Maybe something's going on. Maybe I'm tired. But these words remind me. That's why the, the script, I just why I'm so glad we're able to speak about Scripture on these programs that we've been doing for so many years, you and I. It's a reminder for me. I need that. I need that reminder. I need that awakening. I need that greater awareness of what the heck is happening when I'm walking through the doors of that church. Am I entering with joy, with gladness, with, with uh, gratitude for the privilege of being able to worship Almighty God freely and to be able to receive Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, in the Eucharist? I mean, what an incredible reason to be joyful. And, and that's why something like this, as you said, a very short psalm, it's only a few verses, it's a reminder for all of us that we all, no matter what's going on, have a reason to rejoice today. Do we always feel it? Do I always feel it? Absolutely not. We don't have to feel it to do it. And, and you know, I'm saying this, I'm speaking to myself right now. I need to remember this. Well, you're speaking to me, too, because I also have to remember it. And there's probably at least one other listener out there who should remember this also. Uh, but, you know, there's there, there's a line here at the end that I think... You know, you you mentioned that sometimes we don't always, you know, know how to connect with the psalm. But, you know, this this psalm ends with the reason we can. Uh, It says in verse five, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Uh, And that was written right in the in the Davidic kingdom and down through the present day. Those generations have continued in their own ways to experience the faithfulness of God. Otherwise, there wouldn't still be a church, right? Exactly. So we have experienced that faithfulness, and we can lean on that when we have trouble figuring out where to find the joy. Exactly. And he's speaking to us today. That's a, This is an absolute proof of that statement. Through the Scriptures, the Lord just spoke to us right now, reminding us that he is faithful. He is faithful. We're not always faithful to him. i got to get better at that. But he is always faithful, and he's not going to abandon any of us today. Well, Gary Zimak, we've got followingthetruth.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's where they can find uh, you and find lots of books that you've written reflecting on the scriptures and uh, really kind of trying to take them in to our daily lives instead of just seeing them as words on a page. Gary, have a good one. Thank you so much, Matt. God bless you, my friend. All right, coming up next, Joseph Pierce is doing a course, an online course with Ave Maria University on Lord of the Rings and Tolkien. So we'll talk to him about that next. It's a quarter till. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to his voice, to the peace you're seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Just go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red box. That's lordteachmetopray.com. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. 
franchise opportunities available. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. He is honored by the church as a saint with the title Second Apostle of Germany. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. The Dutch-born Jesuit, St. Peter Canisius, was one of the key figures in restoring the Catholic faith in Germany during the Protestant Reformation. He is renowned for his catechism and also for his founding more than 40 universities that proved bastions of Catholicism across Central Europe. He died in 1597 and was named a doctor in 1925. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Later today on Catholic Answers Live, Joe Heschmeyer, both hours, open forum. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 12 till, here's Anna with headlines. President Biden is making a wartime visit to Israel, coming just a day after a deadly blast at a Gaza hospital that killed hundreds. Pope Francis has made a phone call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish in Gaza to check on those sheltering there. And the Holy Father also has granted an interview to an Argentine news outlet answering questions about his encyclicals, the synod, and wars around the world. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. You can uh, check us out in our show notes and get links to the video stream and also all the guests that we talk to on a daily basis and we'd love to hear from you in the course of your uh, digital travels i'm matt swaim joined now by joseph pierce visiting professor of literature at ave maria university and he's one of the professors in their free online courses uh this is a a, a great project they're putting on called the pursuit of wisdom you can find it at thepursuitofwisdom.org joseph good morning good morning matt so tell us about this course that you're doing on the genius of tolkien yeah, I actually did a, a, a course on the Genius Tolkien. I recorded in the summer. They're short courses, about five uh, uh, five lectures, um, meant to be accessible to anybody who's interested. And I also did a course on the Genius of G.K. Chesterton. So I did two courses for them, um, which I'm very uh, honored. I'm now back involved with Arvin University as a visiting professor of literature. So, so this is all good. All right. So then, if these are uh, courses, plural, or um, well, I say classes, plural, uh, what are some of the topics that you uh, that you cover through the program? Yeah, well, in the Tolkien course, uh, I made a point of um, concentrating on Tolkien's philosophy of myth. So the uh, the love of wisdom to be found through the power of story. And so I looked at, if you like, uh, the philosophy underpinning his work. And we finished, of course, by looking at the Catholicism of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. But I laid the foundations first of why Tolkien writes that sort of book. Yeah, your course on that is called A Myth Understood Man, which is uh, was quite clever. I, I appreciated that one. Um, but <laughs> you know, when we talk about myth, I, I mean, Tolkien is just a great, he's a great jumping off point to talk about myth because... Um, you know, sometimes we get the idea that myth means, you know, something that is false, uh, right? And uh, that is a myth about the idea of myth as understood by Tolkien, right? 
Yes, it's very important to understand our, our, uh, the English language and, and, and to define our terms. So when we're talking about uh, Tolkien's work or about uh, classical mythology or what have you, the key thing is that the, the, the word myth in um, uh, Greek means story. It doesn't mean lie. You know, what used to be the word when you say that's a myth, it means it's a lie. That's not what story means. Uh, myth means story. And, of course, a story can be a lie. But the parable of the prodigal son, for instance, is a myth in that truer sense. It's a story. Um, it doesn't mean it's not true just because it's a story. Yeah, and that's uh, very important if you want to understand uh, really actually a whole bunch of things uh, that um, well, that Jesus teaches, that Tolkien writes about. But you also have a course on The Hobbit as a parable. Um, I wonder how you dig into that in the Pursuit of Wisdom course that you do on Tolkien. Yeah, well, I, again, I, what I, I show in that, first of all, that Christ himself sanctifies story because the parables in the, uh, in the gospel are, are works of fiction in the sense that, they, that the, the prodigal son never existed as an historical character. Um, he's someone that, that Christ, if you like, invents as a, as a story in order to teach priceless lessons that are true. Uh, and so what's true of, uh, of uh, parables like the prodigal son is true, obviously, on a lower level uh, of other stories that, uh, that endeavor to show us the truth. And Tolkien's work, including uh, the, the work that made him famous in the first instance to his children's book, The Hobbit, are cases in point. Well, you mentioned his children's book, The Hobbit, and of course, The Lord of the Rings is uh, is written for kind of an older audience. Uh, but you know, I, I wonder how much you get into the idea of storytelling helping us to become more childlike, and the idea of story helping us to get back sort of more of that sense of wonder and awe and connection with sort of deeper truths. Uh, do you get into that much? Yes, I do very much, uh, I, particularly in Tolkien's essay on fairy stories, um, uh, which was originally given as an academic lecture just before World War II, and it was influenced also by G.K. Chesterton's uh, book Orthodoxy and especially the chapter The Ethics of Elfland. Um, so basically that the, the, the key part of that in Tolkien's essay and in Chesterton's work is what Tolkien calls recovery. We have to recover a clear view, and that means we have to recover a childlikeness. Jesus Christ says, unless we become like two children, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So we have to regain a clear view of things and stories, uh, and, and, and in a special way, actually, fairy stories can, can help us to regain that clear view. And that's what Chesterton believed, it's what Tolkien believed, it's what I believed, and it's what, GK, and it's what uh, Jesus Christ teaches by, by showing us some of the deepest truths in the form of parables. Well, and it's part of what led me to the Catholic Church uh, and helped me to develop a sacramental imagination. I remember reading Chesterton's Ethics of Elfland and uh, talking about having that sense of wonder about the world that's around us and understanding uh, that salvation is a love story. It's a romance, right? It's an adventure. Um, and, and all these things, I think, are, are what attract so many people to you know, the Lord of the Rings without you know, a lot of people realizing what kinds of things are shaping Tolkien to, to tell a story in this way. Uh, but you know, as, you, as you mentioned, and, and, and you've read, written a number of things uh, on, on Christianity and Lord of the Rings, but you also have a course or a class here on finding ourselves in the Lord of the Rings. I wonder, do you identify, I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, is there like a specific character that you identify with, uh, you know, more than others, or does it kind of like swap out on each revisitation of the text? 
Yeah, I don't identify myself with any one particular uh, character. There are some characters I'd like to be. I, I think in some sense Samwise Gamgee is, is a loyal disciple uh, of, of Christ in the sense that, that Frodo is a ring-bearer and therefore a cross-bearer. Sam is the loyal disciple, and of course we all want to be that. That's what I think why many uh, readers do associate with the character of Sam. And, uh, and, and I suppose I do up to a point. But I think that we mustn't lose sight of the bigger picture. You know, Tolkien said that The Lord of the Rings is, um, quoting him here, The Lord of the Rings is, of course, a fundamentally religious and Catholic work. So this, 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 this story is fundamentally religious and Catholic in all its many multifaceted ways. And I think we, we want to see the whole picture. And if we uh, find ourselves identifying with one character, perhaps that's going to cause us to be a little bit uh, myopic. I and mean, we don't want that. We want to be able to see the whole thing. Well, you know, if I were to idealize myself, maybe Aragorn, uh, on my good days, I'm more like Sam, but most days I'm more like Boromir. So uh, I, I kind of fluctuate a bit myself. So I have my I have my Gollum moments. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's another aspect of this that we haven't had a chance to really dig into. But I know you will as well. You know, Gollum and his obsession with the ring and how it is uh, a really interesting study in how sin works on the human heart. And uh, so there's lots to get into here. And uh, we've got thepursuitofwisdom.org linked at sunrisemorningshow.com where you can find Joseph's course. If people want to find more of the things that you're working on and you're always working on something, how do they get in touch? I'll always keep up with what I'm doing. Just go to my personal website, jpearce.co, J-P-E-A-R-C-E.co. And that is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Joseph, thank you as always. Have a blessed day. My pleasure. My pleasure always, Matt. God bless you. I always love talking to Joseph. I mean... What other radio shows are talking about Lord of the Rings first thing in the morning on Wednesday? We've got another full hour coming up for many of you listening across the EWTN network. We'll be back right after this. It's three minutes till. Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the angels list on sacredheartradio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing you care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. The highest standards, integrity, and best practices are core values at Rainbow International of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky. Your partners in residential and commercial insurance repair and restoration. Rainbow International, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. 513-271-1000. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. 
Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. This is Father Michael Mary Dosh from St. Gertrude de Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. continue on this Wednesday, the 18th of October. It's the Feast of St. Luke the Evangelist, and let's pray Mary's Magnificat, which Luke records in his Gospel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Luke the Evangelist, pray for us. Of course, the uh, prevailing wisdom is that part of the reason that Luke included that in his gospel is because Mary was a major primary source for Luke in compiling his story of the life of Christ. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. We've also got video feed. Travis is running that. You can check it out in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Up this hour, Father Sebastian Walsh will talk about the setting of the Beatitudes and how that location uh, helps us to better understand those teachings of Jesus. Carlo Broussard from Catholic Answers will talk about the do-no-harm principle of moral relativism and uh, maybe you've heard that. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Just don't hurt anybody else. Well, first of all, it's a low ecclesiology, but it's worse than that. And Carla will tell you why. And then Father Augustine Weta will be along. And we've been going through his book, Pray, Think, Act, Making Better Decisions with the Desert Fathers. We get a, an old monk story from him this morning. So that should be fun.
Right now, it's two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. President Biden is making a wartime visit to Israel just after a deadly blast yesterday at a Gaza hospital that killed hundreds. Palestinian officials are blaming Israel, but the Pentagon says it's still not clear who is actually responsible. Israel has said the bombing was the result of a rocket misfire carried out by Islamic Jihad. Jordan, the country, was scheduled to host a summit between Biden and Egyptian and Palestinian leaders, but canceled the summit after the bombing. Lebanon's Hezbollah has, meanwhile, called for a day of rage over the hospital bombing. Pope Francis has made a phone call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish in Gaza. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Sister Nabila Saleh of the Rosary Sisters of Jerusalem shared a summary of a phone call she received from Pope Francis the other night, saying the Pope assured us that we are in his prayers and that he knows the suffering we are enduring. The religious sister serves in the Holy Family Parish, the only Latin Rite parish in Gaza. Speaking to Vatican Radio afterwards, Sister Salah said the Pope called the parish priest, Father Yusuf, who then handed her the phone so she could speak directly with the Pope, since the Father does not speak Italian very well. She said Pope Francis wanted to know how many people are sheltering in the parish's facilities, and she said there are about 500 people, including the sick, families, children, the disabled, and people who've lost their homes and belongings, adding that it was a great blessing to be able to speak with the Pope. She said the Pope gave them courage and support in prayer. Sister Salah asked the Pope to make an appeal for peace and told him that Catholics in Gaza are offering their sufferings for an end to the war, for peace, for the needs of the church, and for the ongoing synod. She said our parishioners were very pleased and they know that the Pope is working for peace and for the good of the Christian community in Gaza. Asked about the situation in Gaza, Sister Salah said people are trying to support each other as much as possible in their difficulties and are praying earnestly for peace. Sister Salah wrapped up the interview with an appeal for peace and justice in Palestine. She said, we want peace because war does no one any good. And she said, many people have lost their loved ones, their homes and everything they have. And she concluded, we ask you to pray for us. The Times of Israel says Hamas is unlikely to take up the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem's offer of himself in exchange for the child hostages they've been holding. Speaking with journalists this week, Cardinal Pierre Battista Pizzaballo said, quote, if this could bring about the freedom of children, no problem. My absolute willingness. Hamas is believed to be holding nearly 200 hostages, including kids. The Jerusalem-based online news outlet reports Hamas is not likely to consider his offer. The U.S. is providing Ukraine with long-range missiles. U.S. officials confirmed yesterday that the Biden administration has been quietly providing the missiles to Ukraine. The confirmation comes after Ukrainian forces attacked two air bases in the Russian-held territory yesterday. The Ukrainian military posted on X that the attack destroyed several Russian helicopters and other structures. The former Speaker of the House says he is hopeful that Republican Jim Jordan of Ohio will soon win the Speaker's gavel. 
Trey Thomas reports. Jordan lost the first speaker vote Tuesday, but Congressman Kevin McCarthy of California said he went through the same process before he was elected speaker. So now we had a vote on the floor. They didn't get to the whole point. Now we'll take a break, talk to people, and come back and solve it. McCarthy went on to blame a handful of Republicans for siding with Democrats to grind the government to a halt. The House has been without a speaker for two weeks following the removal of Kevin McCarthy. I'm Trey Thomas. The Phillies are now just two wins away from advancing to the World Series for a second straight year. Kyle Schwarber hit two of the Phillies' three solo home runs as they crushed the Diamondbacks 10 to nothing in Game 2 of the NLCS in Philadelphia. The Diamondbacks will be hosting Game 3 of the series on Thursday in Phoenix. Meanwhile, Texas will host reigning champion Houston Astros for Game 3 of the ALCS today. They'll take the Diamond at Globe Life Field after the Rangers won both games in Houston to start the ALCS. Texas will be sending out right-hander Max Scherzer to the mound, and he will stop. He will start opposite Houston right-hander Christian Javier. And a new chili pepper has broken the Guinness World Record for world's hottest pepper X, created by South Carolinian Ed Curry. That's an appropriate name. Registers at just under 2.7 million. Scoville units, which is the measurement scale for spicy heat. That's nearly three times hotter than the previous record holder, the Carolina Reaper, also created by Curry. Curry says eating a pepper X is not an enjoyable experience. So I don't understand why you would. Uh... It's like Dr. Ian Malcolm said in Jurassic Park, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not that they could that they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should. Mm-hmm. My question to you is... I like is, the spicy stuff, but not Would not you try reasons. hot sauce made from Pepper X if he says that eating one is not an enjoyable experience? What's the flavor like? I have no idea. When you said Pepper X, I was like, did Elon make a pepper? <laughs> I know, right? What is with this X? Maybe it means 10. I, I didn't look into this as to whether it's Pepper X or Pepper 10, like, you know, the Roman numeral 10. Maybe that. Maybe we've been calling Twitter the wrong thing. Maybe, maybe it's 10. Maybe oh, it's my 10. gosh, Matt. That's a great point. Have we heard Elon? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go put out a 10 and, and see, if, uh, see if anybody responds. Today is Wednesday, October the 18th. It is the Feast of St. Luke the Evangelist. Pray for us. It's nine past. Joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Sebastian Walsh. His latest book from Catholic Answers Press is Heart of the Gospel, How the Beatitudes Show Us God's Plan for Happiness. Father, welcome back. Thank you, Annie. Since we are going to be studying Scripture together as we go through this book, Father, specifically the Beatitudes, of course, let's start with a general principle. Um, You say in the book here that it is important to read Scripture reverently and with attention to the context as well as all the details. Why is that? Well, we always say whenever we are at Mass, at the end of a reading, the Word of the Lord. So 
you know, if you as a parent expect your child to listen carefully to you, <laughs> then I think God expects us to listen carefully to him. Sure. And he's got more to say in his word than we could ever understand. St. Thomas Aquinas actually says that every word of Scripture is a participation of the eternal Word of God. It's as if from God's side, God is trying to express His whole Word, Jesus Christ, in every word of Scripture. So uh, we need to pay attention every little detail because there's meaning in everything, more meaning than we could ever uncover. And not only that, but we have to read it with humility and reverence as a beautiful gift from God. Well, with that spirit in mind, let's look at a detail that that may not seem so significant on the surface if you're not reading reverently or paying attention to detail. I'm going to read the first two verses of Matthew chapter 5. Mm-hmm. It says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, and then goes into to the Beatitudes that we know from, from Matthew chapter 5. Now, it says he went up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Why the article the? I mean, why didn't Matthew say he went up on a mountain, a mountain, Father? Yes. Now, in English, that's that doesn't seem like a big deal to us, but it's a bigger deal in Greek. Because whenever you use that definite article in Greek, in a context like this anyway, that is when you haven't already mentioned it before, then that definite article tends to mean almost always the thing that you are calling the is the pristine example of it. We do it in English sometimes. We'll say he's the man or something like that. And normally if if you are using that the in the way it's being used here, the definite article, it would normally mean that you, it, you're referring back to something you've already referred back to. So if you say, you know, usually in a text it would be something like this. Jesus went up a mountain, da-da-da, when he was up the mountain. And the sure. the is then referring back to the previous mountain you were talking about. But if you're introducing it for the first time and there's no antecedent like this, then um, it almost always means a case where you're, you're talking about the pristine example of something. So, therefore, a first-century Jew reading this text would immediately think, huh, the mountain? Well, the mountain is Mount Sinai. That's the one everyone knows as the mountain in ancient Israel. Now, he's not saying that Jesus actually went up Mount Sinai, but he is calling our attention to a, a text in Exodus where those exact words are used in the Septuagint version of Exodus. It says he went up the mountain, and the person that's being referred to in that text is Moses. And so Matthew is calling our attention to the parallel between Moses and Jesus. Just as Moses went up Mount Sinai and then revealed from God the Ten Commandments, so Jesus is going up a mountain that's now the new Mount Sinai, and he's revealing his eight Beatitudes. So this, this idea of a list like that that's comparable to the Ten Commandments is also not accidental, right? So Matthew is telling us that we're starting with a new law here. In the Old Covenant, the, the law looked like this. Thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that. Orders that are coming from the outside. Mm-hmm. But in the new law, it says, blessed are you. In other words, it's drawing our heart from the inside. 
You know, it's a law not of fear, of punishment, but a law of love, of desire. Huh? And, and so the new commandments given by Jesus aptly begin with what draws our heart, namely happiness, happiness beatitude. Father, is it significant that Matthew tells us that he sat down? Yes. Typically in the Gospels, when we read about Jesus sitting down, it means he's teaching with authority. Huh? There's a kind of magisterial authority there. And, and in the church, that was always reflected in the liturgy when the bishop would sit down to preach his homilies. And that's been actually reintroduced into the liturgy. I don't know if you know that, but in the third edition of the Roman Missal, that's put in as a preferred option for a bishop. Even an abbot could sit down and, and preach that way. Wow. So the sitting down of Jesus signifies the fact that he is preaching or teaching with a certain authority, a magisterial authority. And Jesus himself refers to that when he speaks, for example, about the scribes and the Pharisees. He, see, he says, they sit in the chair of Moses. Therefore, whatever they command you, do. Huh? It's a really interesting text. Now, just one last question about setting. So there is this corresponding beatitude-type passage in the Gospel of Luke. But there are some major differences, and, and like I said, pertinent to this discussion, the setting. Often Luke's is described not as the Sermon on the Mount, but as the Sermon on the Plain. Could you talk about yes. that a little? Yes. So uh, both St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, reading those texts carefully and, and paying attention to the details, say it's likely that what we have here are two different homilies or sermons that are being recorded. Um, it says very clearly in Matthew's Gospel that when he saw the crowds, he separated himself. He went up to the top of the mountain, and only his disciples came to him. And so... That homily is the one which is more lofty, the one that was given only to his disciples that he had already been teaching for some time and who were already very well disposed to that higher teaching. That's why Matthew's Sermon on the Mount is much more detailed, includes a lot of lofty um, theological concepts. Uh, Luke's Beatitudes, on the other hand, are uh, his Sermon on the Mount is condensed, as are his Beatitudes, and he, tends, he only gives four Beatitudes in Luke. And they tend to focus on the things that are closer to the senses. Um, and interestingly, Jesus says in Luke, instead of blessed are those who, he says, blessed are you who. And he's speaking right to the crowds right there. Blessed are you who are hungry. You know, blessed are you who are poor. Not poor in spirit, but blessed are you who are poor. Because he's trying to explain to them, you people who have been following me now for three days and given up work, given up food to hear the word of God. You've shown by your actions that just your poverty is already a sign of your blessedness. He doesn't need to add poor in spirit, for example. So it's a, it's a beautiful comparison and contrast between the two homilies and the way in which Jesus teaches his disciples and then the crowds who, who are just first hearing him. Well, we'll leave it there for now, and we'll look forward to uh, diving more into this book the next time we get together. It's called Heart of the Gospel. It's from Catholic Answers Press, and you can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you. You too, Father. Thank you very much. All right. 18 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Headlines coming up next. Stay with us. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? 
Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. The EWTN on-demand platform features 50 new podcasts every week, as well as an ever-expanding library of audio and video content. For Catholics who want to learn more about their faith, simply using their mobile device, computer, or TV. Your favorite EWTN programs are available 24-7. Visit EWTN.com and click On Demand. EWTN is the Global Catholic Network. 20 past, here's Anna with headlines. President Biden is making a visit to Israel just after a deadly blast yesterday at a Gaza hospital that killed hundreds. Pope Francis has made a phone call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish in Gaza, and the Holy Father has granted an interview answering questions about his encyclicals, the synod, and the wars around the world. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And uh, I'm excited. I'll give a full report tomorrow as much as I can. I'm down here in Alabama at the Catholic Radio Conference meeting with lots of affiliates and some of those people who actually make radio possible in your area. Don't forget to tell them I say hello. Yes, if you have an opportunity to support your local Catholic radio station, please do so. They'll probably tell you how during the break. It's 21 past. Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Rebecca Schaefer-Wells will discuss worship and sacred music. Kristen Gallagher will share the latest news from Cincinnati, St. Vincent to Paul. I'll talk about the life of St. Luke the Evangelist, the frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. 
Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the tri-state since 1979, Stegman Landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape, making the world more beautiful one yard at a time. 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith, with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us this morning on the Feast of St. Luke. Happy to welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show, Carlo Broussard. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers. You can listen to his Sunday Word podcast at mrsundaypodcast.com. Invite him to speak at your parish through catholicanswerspeakers.com. We're going through his book from Catholic Answers Press, The New Relativism. Good morning, Carlo. Good morning, Anna. So, Carlo, we're continuing to unmask the relativism in uh, the commandment that you've identified as thou shalt not be intolerant. Now, uh, last time we discussed how those who push moral relativism tell us that, you know, we are not allowed to judge lifestyle choices of others. And, And our initial counterpoint was, well, first of all, you're setting up a double standard because you're not being very tolerant of my own lifestyle choices of, you know, whatever. But then there's this other point that we made. Okay, great. Let's tolerate everyone's lifestyle, including murderers and rapists. And so now we're to how they might respond to this. I imagine it would be, you know what I mean, Carlo, as long as their moral choices don't harm anybody else, then we need to be tolerant. Is there a problem with that response? Yes, there are several ways in which we can respond. The first problem with that counter, Anna, and by the way, fantastic job setting that up. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You should have wrote the book, girl. Uh, The first problem is that if they make that counter, then they could no longer hold the line of their definition of tolerance which is what I defined in the book as or called an egalitarian tolerance. Mm. That is to say, all lifestyle choices are equal and valid, because that's where it started in the conversation. But with this sort of counter, they would have to give up that understanding of tolerance, because now not all lifestyle choices are equal and valid. Mm. That is to say, those lifestyle choices that would cause, quote-unquote, harm. So that's the first problem with this sort of counter mm-hmm. and then secondly Anna think about this so now so now what we have here as our target is the principle itself all moral choices are good if they don't cause harm okay well we have to ask the question which kind of harm yeah that was yeah. going to be my question how do you determine yeah. what is and isn't harmful 
That's right. Well, let's think about it. If they're restricting the idea of harm to physical harm, well, then we know there are actually counterexamples to this principle that most people of goodwill intuitively uh, would affirm. So take, for example, The Truman Show. Remember Jim Carrey and The Truman oh, yeah. Show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, as fun as, as fun of a show it was, there was no physical harm being done to Jim Carrey's character, Truman, but all people of goodwill would recognize that what they did to him was morally wrong, right? And so their moral choices of putting on the show and lying to Truman in all those ways was not good. That was immoral, even though there was no physical harm. Or take, for example, Anna, the intent to murder my neighbor, right? If I, you know, everybody listening, this is a hypothetical example. If I have the intent to murder my neighbor, but just unfortunately am never able to carry it out, well, surely people of goodwill would recognize my intent to murder was a bad moral choice that I was making with my will, even though there was no physical harm carried out on my neighbor. Or consider a doctor who fondles an unconscious patient. Mm. There you have a bad moral choice, and there's no physical harm. So people of goodwill would recognize that there are counterexamples to this principle. So that's one problem with the principle itself, Anna. But I think relative to our purposes in the book is that it really sidesteps the real question of morality of the LGBTQ lifestyle choices. It's just begging the question because consider this, Anna. If these lifestyle choices, same-sex sexual activity, transgender lifestyle, et cetera, are immoral, well, then harm would be caused harm would be caused to the individuals participating in those lifestyle choices and making those choices because they would be harming their moral character. Mm. And so this, of course, leads again to that question. What do you mean by harm? You know, are we restricting it to physical harm? Or are we going to allow a broader understanding of harm where that would involve moral harm being done to one's moral character? But of course, that's where the quest, that's where the debate's going to have to lie, and yeah. that's going to be the essential question: Are these lifestyle choices immoral or moral? Yeah, and can I ask? You don't necessarily cover this in the book, but I'm just trying to imagine a conversation that I would be having on this front, and I think that the issue of consent would probably come up. Like, if you have two consenting adults, then mm-hmm. how can you judge it? Do you have? Is is there a good way to address that issue? Yes, actually, um, Anna, in chapter seven, actually chapter eight of my book, the whole chapter deals with this very question. So we will Uh-oh. definitely get to it in the future. That shall not coerce. Got it. That's right. And here's here's the short answer. Consent cannot be a sufficient condition for a moral choice or moral behavior. Why? Because consent. consent only has moral authority and power on condition that the behavior you're consenting to, you have a right to consent to it. And that is to say, it's morally permissible. And we'll talk more about that in the future. Ah, well, I will look forward to it. In the meantime, encourage folks to pick up a copy of The New Relativism from Catholic Answers Press. You can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com or go straight to shop.catholic. Carlo Broussard, really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Have a great day. You do the same. Thank you. And you can find all of our guests linked in our show notes at S-O-N-Rise Morning Show. 
Facebook.com, where you can also find our video live stream and our podcast after we go off the air. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. President Biden is in Israel visiting the wartime nation right after a deadly blast at a Gaza hospital that killed hundreds yesterday. Palestinian officials are blaming Israel. Israel is blaming Islamic Jihad, saying the bombing was the result of a rocket misfire carried out by Jihad. The Pentagon says it's not clear at this point who is responsible. The country of Jordan had been scheduled to host a summit between Biden and Egyptian and Palestinian leaders, but canceled it after the bombing yesterday. Meanwhile, Lebanon's Hezbollah has called for a day of rage over the bombing. And a ground invasion of Gaza by Israeli forces still appears to be imminent right now. Trey Thomas reports. Israel has imposed a blockade of the Gaza Strip, along with bombarding the region after Hamas's coordinated attacks earlier this month. The death toll from the fighting has now risen to 4,400. This comes as the U.S. and Israel have agreed to a plan to provide humanitarian aid from donor nations to civilians in Gaza. I'm Trey Thomas. The Times of Israel says Hamas is unlikely to take take up the offer from the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem to give himself in exchange for child hostages that they are holding. Speaking with journalists this week, Cardinal Pierre Batista Pizzaballa said if it could bring about the freedom of children, he has no problem and is absolutely willing to offer himself. Hamas is believed to be holding nearly 200 hostages, including children. The Jerusalem-based online news outlet reports Hamas is not likely to consider his offer. Pope Francis has made a phone call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish of the Holy Family in Gaza. Sister Nabila Saleh of the Rosary Sisters of Jerusalem told Vatican Radio that the Holy Father asked how many were sheltering at Holy Family Parish. And she said, the answer is about 500, including the sick, families, children, the disabled, people who have lost their homes and their belongings. She said it was a great blessing to be able to speak with the Holy Father. She said he gave us courage and support in prayer. Pope Francis has meanwhile granted an interview to an Argentine news outlet answering questions about his encyclicals, the synod, and wars around the world. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. The word crisis, said the Pope, contains an internal dynamism which implies that we cannot emerge from a crisis alone, but must find a path to overcome it from above. Asked about the state of humanity in our day, the Pope said our world lacks protagonists of humanity, people who are able to embrace their culture and manage crises in full awareness of their own identity. He said dialogue is essential to resolve any crisis, including wars between nations. You cannot dialogue with others if you do not have awareness of where you stand, he said. When two conscious identities meet, they can dialogue and take steps towards an agreement. Pope Francis went on to address those who call him a, quote, dictator when they comment on his social encyclicals. It is not true, he said. The Pope takes the gospel and says what the gospel says. And he added, I clarify that I am not a communist, as some say. The Pope follows the gospel. Turning to the ongoing synod on synodality, Pope Francis acknowledged that the church needs to adapt to the times of every age. 
From the beginnings of the Second Vatican Council, John XXIII had a very clear perception. The church had to change, he said. It is not just about changing fashion, but about a change that promotes the dignity of individuals, but always promoting harmony in the church. Concluding the interview, the Pope highlighted the importance of being able to laugh and embrace the virtue of hope, saying we cannot live without hope. Regarding his apostolic journeys, Pope Francis said he would like to go to Argentina. Speaking of the farthest places left, he added, I still have Papua New Guinea left. I'm Devin Watkins. In Washington, another vote will be held this morning to elect a new Speaker of the House. Ohio Republican Representative Jim Jordan failed to get the necessary votes during the first ballot that the the first ballot of the vote on the House floor, but said he has no plans of withdrawing his name. This morning's vote is scheduled for 11 a.m. Eastern time. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour. Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible. So to give a gift of any amount, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Luke the Evangelist, Wednesday, October the 18th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Looks like it's going to be pretty nice today. Right now, temperatures in the upper 30s, lower 40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, partly cloudy today with a high of 68 degrees, turning mostly cloudy tonight, not as chilly with an overnight low of 53. Rain likely with downpours possible in the afternoon tomorrow and a high of 65. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny to partly cloudy today and a high of 67. Mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a shower tonight with an overnight low of 52. Cloudy with occasional rain showers tomorrow and a high of 66 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday, the 18th of October. It's the Feast of St. Luke the Evangelist. And Anna Mitchell, I think we're having a little trouble getting Father Augustine on the line, but it's okay. We got lots to say. He just emailed me saying, see you in a minute or two. So he's there. Uh, We just got to get, we got to get his phone. Oh, he just called us. So we just need to tread water for about 30 seconds. That's okay. Well, I'm just, we're going to, what is the, uh, what's the corporate way of saying it? We're going to put a pin in this discussion. A pin? A pin. We're going to table it, and I'm going to talk a lot about St. Luke here in just a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to talk to Father Augustine now. 
Yes, indeed, we are. <laughs> the Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Augustine Weta, and he is the author of Pray, Think, Act, Make Better Decisions with the Desert Fathers. Father Augustine, how are you? I'm doing great. Good to be back. I, I think your poor producer tried like four or five times to get through to me, but my phone, for some reason, oh, I had it on silent. Well, oh, that's what monks well, do see, with our phones. You have silent phones. I, I mean, if a monk can't put their phone in silent mode, I don't know what's wrong with, <laughs> with the world. Um, exactly. So it's, it's the, uh, the old monk story. A, a oh. phone at all. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's wrong that monks have phones at all, but anyway, here, here I am. Well, I wanted to um, – we've gotten into the second step of your book. Uh, the book is Pray, Think, Act, and we're starting off the think step this week. And you start off your That's think right. chapter with a story of Father Joseph and a pro and con list. I wonder if you could share that with us. Sure. Let's see. I, except that I just uh, – forg- I just uh, – it's on page 45, and I was just there, and when I picked up my computer – I lost the page. I wish I had all these memorized. Uh, here we go. Yes. Um, oh, no. That's the next. Okay. Uh, Father jo- uh, a brother said to Father Joseph of Penephesus, I am at peace in my monastery, but I also feel the call to be a hermit. What should I do? The old monk said, if it is a choice between two options, both of which will bring you peace, Place each, as it were, into a scale. Add to them other thoughts, both encouraging and discouraging, then weigh them against each other. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a revolutionary idea, except I think a lot of us have made pro and con lists over the years. Yeah, it's not a revolutionary idea. Benjamin Franklin thought he invented it, actually. He called it moral algebra. But uh, if he had only known the Desert Fathers, he would have realized they thought of it first. I remember I had a friend in graduate school who was a fundamentalist who one day he said, you know, the other night I was just praying scriptures. I just started listening to them. I really listened like Jesus was talking directly to me. And I, even then I thought, you know, monks have been doing that for hundreds of years. Someday you're going to get to St. John and say, wow, you know, like, Maybe Jesus thought said to eat my body and meant it literally. You know? uh, we're constantly rediscovering things that our parents already figured out. Well, the pro and con list is an interesting thing to uh, to ponder because it does sound sort of like a corporate uh, reflection activity that you might get at like a professional development yeah. day or something like that. But there really is some benefit to this and. You know, also because, as you mentioned, and and as the story of Father Joseph illustrates, uh, you know, a lot of our choices are not between a good thing and a bad thing. A lot of them are between, like, a couple of good things, and there could be some some wiggle room there. Yeah, I think it's important that he says that if you're trying to decide between two options, both of which will bring you peace, right? That uh, if it's a—and that's, again, one of the— real sort of ironies of hard decisions is that if it's a hard decision, it's because it's between two good things or two really bad things. But either way, you're either going to do really well or going to do really poorly, right? Well, and I think understanding that there are pros and cons to decisions um, in our own life helps me to be a little bit more merciful when someone 
who I've asked to do something tells me no, <laughs> because <laughs> uh, chances are uh, the thing that I'd ask them to do would be something that they would find interesting and would possibly be good, but they have chosen another good instead of helping me out with the thing. And, you know, knowing that there's a little bit of a moral calculus or moral algebra, as Ben Franklin says here, helps me be a little bit more okay with someone when they tell them, when they tell me no. Well, right. And they're going to have prejudices and, and shortcomings as well. I remember as a novice losing the car keys for like the 30th time and some, one of the older monks, poor guy missed the funeral and lost his temper. And I remember thinking, you know, if he were just more patient, if he were, if he were just more like me, then he'd understand. Uh, but then, of course, he'd never have the car keys. So if he were just like me. Uh, so we all have complementary, as it were, complementary flaws as well as complementary um, virtues. But again, and that's what the moral algebra is all about, is measuring those flaws and virtues and then the flaws and virtues we find in the world, trying to figure out like whether the you know certain flaws weigh more as it were than others, or virtues or benefits. Yeah. But, but yeah, the I mean it's not just about, about these things is okay. Right. It's not just about uh, which list is longer, right? Whether you have 12 pros and six cons, <laughs> right? But but how much each of those cons weighs kind of matters. Right. I, I just love the way the Desert Fathers do this because they have such a, a a simple but profound way of stating everything. He doesn't just say measure them. He says weigh them against each other. And that takes into account all the subtleties involved. Well, let's say there's somebody who is walking into the workplace or who is uh, heading out of daily mass and, you know, going to the next mm. stage in their life today. And they've got a couple of things that they're sort of agonizing over. Uh, I mean, how would you encourage them to, to go about this process in weighing goods against one another? Um, I mean, and really think of that word weigh. Like, how would you what, what's a word of encouragement you would give to a person in that situation this morning? <laughs> I'd say that your choice really doesn't matter in the end. <laughs> Sorry to be so uh, blunt, but if if they're two good things, then you're going to do well either way. If they're two bad things, then you're just out of luck either way. But And then again, if you've been praying first, even a bad thing can work out well, right? Here in St. Louis, we have St. Philippine Duchenne who did all the weighing and all the decision-making and decided she was called to be a missionary. And she worked her whole life to do it, never converted anyone. <laughs> but it, as long, but she did it all with prayer. And so but as Mother Teresa said, right, God doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. Uh, so all these, all these decisions and, and writing them down, of course, helps, and measuring and weighing them helps. But in the end, it's a matter of fidelity, not success. Yeah, and that's such an important thing to think about because, you know, like there are people who are trying to figure out what to major in in college, and they could be good at a whole bunch of different things, right? And sometimes right. you just need to have you just need to make that decision. I mean, you'd work with high schoolers, you know this, right? I mean, you can't do everything with your life. You got to at some point make a decision. Right, and it's never quite as uh, the decision is never quite the consequences are never quite as horrible as you imagine them to be. I, I remember a student telling me, "Look, 
I don't want to cheat on this next test, but if I don't, I'll never get into college, and then I'll be unhappy for the rest of my life. And I remember thinking even then, you know, this kid has not done the moral algebra. Right? He, he, he came out with this catastrophic uh, equation and calculated the cost. And, of course, I mean, even I would be very tempted. Well, I no. I would be tempted to cheat. In fact, I probably would cheat if, if I thought the the um, if I did that kind of algebra in my head, especially without praying first. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the God yeah, gave us a say, brain for a reason. Yeah, there's there's uh, if you think that that's going to make you happy, then you've probably missed the boat on what happiness is. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this is some more great wisdom. And there, there's so many cool monk stories in this. The book is called pray, think, act, <laughs> make better decisions with the desert fathers. We've been talking with father Augustine Weta. Always a great conversation. Thank you so much, father. Have a blessed day. Oh, thank you. What a pleasure. All right. We're back with more on St. Luke, the evangelist coming up after the break. It's 14 till. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. This month's devotion is to the Holy Rosary. St. John Paul II called the Rosary his favorite prayer, in which we meditate with Mary upon the mysteries which she, as a mother, meditated on in her heart. The Rosary is one of the most cherished prayers of our Catholic faith. Join in this devotion to Mary and strengthen our connection to Our Lady with rosary beads, bracelets, boxes, pouches, and rings. Available at EWTNRC.com. I tell it later today on Catholic Answers Live. Joe Heschmeyer, both hours, open forum. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 11 till, here's Anna with headlines. President Biden is making a wartime visit to Israel today, just a day after a deadly blast at a Gaza hospital that killed hundreds. Pope Francis has made a phone call to the parishioners of a Catholic parish in Gaza to check on those 
who are taking shelter there. And the Holy Father also has given an interview to an Argentine news outlet answering questions about his encyclicals, the synod, and wars around the world. News at the top bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Anna Mitchell, on this feast of St. Luke the Evangelist, I always like to talk about the unique aspects of Luke's writing. Of course, mm-hmm. he wrote two books in the Bible. Um, he wrote the Gospel of St. Luke, and he also wrote the Acts of the Apostles. And um, he wrote both of them to a person named Theophilus. Now, uh, it's interesting because I don't know whether Theophilus is like a real guy or mm-hmm. not, because Theophilus means loved by God, right? So he right. could, in some ways, be talking to a specific person, but also talking to, hey, beloved of God, here's the story that I'm going to tell you. So it does kind of have that that sort of double mm-hmm. double, uh, double meaning to it. Uh, it's the longest gospel, um, which makes it, therefore, the longest New Testament book. And there are lots of things that are in Luke's gospel that are not in the other Gospels. So the Annunciation to Mary, that's yep. in Luke's Gospel. It's not in uh, any of the other Gospels. The Visitation mm-hmm. of Mary to Elizabeth, mm-hmm. uh, same thing. And there are uh, there are a few others. I always like to point out that the prodigal son, which is one of the most beloved parables of Jesus, only shows up in Luke's Gospel. And there are a bunch of different ways to think about the prodigal son, you know, the elder son and the younger son and Mm-hmm. And uh, how sometimes those are metaphors for the Jewish people and the Gentiles. Right. Uh, the reason that kind of sticks out to me, knowing that, is because Luke is the only Gentile writer <laughs> of the Gospels, yeah. right? Uh, everybody else who writes Gospels is is uh, of the Jewish faith. So it's very interesting to reflect on some of those differences. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago doing a whole series with um with father jeffrey kirby on a book that he put out called luke the gospel of mercy um that so many of the stories of course uh dr john bergsma will tell you in new testament basics for catholics that the major theme of luke is the kingdom so you have luke and then extending into acts um i mean this is obviously it's a theme that you're going to find in in all of the New Testament. The kingdom of God is at hand, but in a particular way, in Luke, um, extending it out, or or well, Luke doesn't extend it out, but but makes known or or highlights the extension of um, the kingdom of God to all nations, not just Israel, um, because he is a Gentile, like you were saying. Yeah, it is pretty fascinating. You know, what else is fascinating is uh, the way that Luke opens up the gospel is uh, is something you can sort of gloss over. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They've used eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples, right? Mm-hmm. So he's acknowledging the fact that other people are writing stories about Jesus and uh, that there are eyewitnesses out there. And Luke is uh, setting out, as he says to Theophilus, to give a careful and detailed account. Um, and if you're wondering, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that he's just going to be faithful in telling the stories? Well, that's part of it. That's part of it. But he also is going to include stuff that might sound kind of weird um, in the Gospels. So he'll tell you things like uh, when the birth of, the John, of John the Baptist is foretold, he talks about in the time of Herod, king of Judea. Well, why would he talk about who's king of Judea? Mm-hmm. At that point, unless he's trying to situate it specifically 
in time yeah. uh, by telling you, uh, I mean, this is before we marked the calendar using, you know, BC and AD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you marked the calendar, you marked the number of years that you were on by the reign of the king. So when the birth of Jesus then comes about and Luke says, you know, that uh, Caesar Augustus issues a decree, uh, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. He's trying to give you the time markers so that you know this actually happened in history. Yeah, yeah. And another major theme that we see come out in Luke are all of the healings because, of course, Luke was a medical doctor. He's a physician. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just kind of paging through my Bible here and all of the, the stories, um, you know, the healing of the centurion slave, the rising of the the son, the widow's son at Nain. Um, does that technically count as a healing, do you think? <laughs> I think so. Raising someone healing from, from the dead, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. The girl restored to life and a woman healed. That's the story within the story. Um, yeah. The, um, there's... But I think an extension of what I was saying at the beginning of um, of this theme of the kingdom and this theme of mercy running through one of the things I do these Bible studies with Father Hezekiah's Carnazzo um, on the 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 Sunday readings and last year's lectionary. We were going through the gospel of Luke in depth. And um, one of the points that Father Hezekiah would make over and over and over again when you're talking about the kingdom of God, what does the king do? He sets things in order. That is what the king is meant to do in his kingdom. And so when you have all of these healings taking place, this is actually Jesus setting his kingdom in order, healing people, healing them, of course, from these physical ailments but also from their spiritual ailments, which is why he is, we, we see him as a gospel of mercy. And uh, in that healing note, of course, as you just mentioned a moment ago, Luke, a physician, I find it fascinating. This is pointed out to me even like as a kid, as an evangelical kid, that the uh, account of Jesus saying that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle mm-hmm. than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel, the word for needle is a sewing needle, whereas oh, in yeah. Luke's gospel, it's a surgical needle. That's the word that he uses. So huh. kind of fascinating. What is a surgical needle? Like sewing like, uh, somebody up after surgery. Oh. Ask your husband. Yeah, I'll ask him. See if he's ever used one. There you go. Well, St. Luke the Evangelist, pray for us. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday, October the 18th here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Check us out in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Stop by and say hello. I'm Matt Swain. For all of us here, may God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Sacred Heart Radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic perspective. SacredHeartRadio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community. And that's not to mention our commitment to prayer. At SacredHeartRadio.com, you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life. So please visit SacredHeartRadio.com, your local source for pro-life information and prayer. Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul Cincinnati answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material 
assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Have you explored God's calling for your life? Come and experience consecrated life for a week. See if God might be calling you to serve Him with an undivided heart. Share in prayer and community life centered on the Eucharist and devoted to Mary. Participate in our mission to strengthen families in the Catholic faith. This spring and fall, visit the Catholic Corps for a come and see week at Catholic Family Land near Steubenville, Ohio. For more information, go to afc.org cc. Hi, I'm Patrick Cagney with Cagney Family Real Estate, Coldwell Banker, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. My father, Guy, sister, Mar, and I have more than 60 years of real estate experience to help you with the most important buying and selling decisions. 513-319-7312. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life, Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Featuring former abortionist Dr. John Bruchowski, musician Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North, activist Mark Hauk, abortion survivor Rebecca Kiesling, and Sacred Heart Radio's Anna Mitchell. The Golden Evening for Life, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiRightToLife.org. I'm Father Chet Artashevitz of the Glen Mary Home Missioners, and thank you so much for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this Wednesday, the 18th of October, the Feast of St. Luke the Evangelist, by praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our hope is on you, O Lord, our God. You are just to the oppressed. Grant a love for your justice to all who wield political and economic power. You give bread to the hungry. Grant your help to those who provide food for those in need. You give sight to the blind. Grant love's insight to those who are blind to others' needs. All-loving God, you bound up the world's wounds by the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. Sustain in your people a strong desire to proclaim your healing word by lives of mercy and compassion for all. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Luke the Evangelist, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being along on a Wednesday morning. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, Laura Streetman has a pro-life news update. Of course, Cincinnati Right to Life's got a big 
week ahead, and uh, you'll hear more about that. Father Frank Donio will join us from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Also, Kevin Prendergast, our pastoral counseling correspondent, as it were, and Monsignor Charles Pope as well. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past the hour, and news is a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. President Biden is making a wartime visit today to Israel right after a deadly blast yesterday at a Gaza hospital that killed hundreds. Palestinian officials blame Israel, but the Pentagon says it is still not clear who is actually responsible. Israel has said the bombing was the result of a rocket misfire carried out by Islamic Jihad. The country of Jordan was scheduled to host a summit between Biden and Egyptian and Palestinian leaders, but they canceled it after the bombing. Pope Francis made a phone call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish in Gaza. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. Sister Nabila Saleh of the Rosary Sisters of Jerusalem shared a summary of a phone call she received from Pope Francis the other night, saying the Pope assured us that we are in his prayers and that he knows the suffering we are enduring. The religious sister serves in the Holy Family Parish, the only Latin Rite parish in Gaza. Speaking to Vatican Radio afterwards, Sister Saleh said the Pope called the parish priest, Father Yusuf, who then handed her the phone so she could speak directly with the Pope, since the Father does not speak Italian very well. She said Pope Francis wanted to know how many people are sheltering in the parish's facilities, and she said there are about 500 people, including the sick, families, children, the disabled, and people who've lost their homes and belongings, adding that it was a great blessing to be able to speak with the Pope. She said the Pope gave them courage and support in prayer. Sister Sala asked the Pope to make an appeal for peace and told him that Catholics in Gaza are offering their sufferings for an end to the war, for peace, for the needs of the Church, and for the ongoing synod. She said our parishioners were very pleased and they know that the Pope is working for peace and for the good of the Christian community in Gaza. Asked about the situation in Gaza, Sister Salah said people are trying to support each other as much as possible in their difficulties and are praying earnestly for peace. Sister Salah wrapped up the interview with an appeal for peace and justice in Palestine. She said, we want peace because war does no one any good. And she said, many people have lost their loved ones, their homes and everything they have. And she concluded, we ask you to pray for us. I'm Thaddeus Jones. The Times of Israel says Hamas is unlikely to take up the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem's offer of himself in exchange for the child hostages that they are holding. Speaking with journalists this week, Cardinal Pierre Batista Pizzaballa said that if this could bring about the freedom of children, no problem, he said, my absolute willingness Hamas is believed to be holding nearly 200 hostages, including children. The Jerusalem-based online news outlet reports Hamas is not likely to consider the offer. Donald Trump's lawyers are filing an appeal following a federal judge's decision to issue a partial gag order against him. The partial gag order issued Monday prohibits Trump from publicly, quote-unquote, targeting witnesses, prosecutors, and court staff who are involved in the criminal case, alleging that he tried to reverse election results. It is a partial gag order because it does not include criticizing the Justice Department at large.
Another vote will be held this morning to elect a new Speaker of the House. And the former Speaker of the House, who was just ousted, has expressed his hope that Republican Jim Jordan of Ohio will soon win the Speaker's gavel. Trey Thomas reports. Jordan lost the first speaker vote Tuesday, but Congressman Kevin McCarthy of California said he went through the same process before he was elected speaker. So now we had a vote on the floor. They didn't get to the whole point. Now we'll take a break, talk to people, and come back and solve it. McCarthy went on to blame a handful of Republicans for siding with Democrats to grind the government to a halt. The House has been without a speaker for two weeks following the removal of Kevin McCarthy. I'm Trey Thomas. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. I think the Reds need to pick up Kyle Schwarber. Yeah? Well, that would be nice. Cincinnati boy. Yeah, Cincinnati guy. I know he batted under 200 this year, but he is killing it here in the postseason. Philly's just two wins away from uh, making their uh, back-to-back trips to the World Series. Kyle Schwarber, a big part of that. He hit two of the three solo shots for the Phils. Ten to nothing final score. Diamondbacks didn't really... uh, put up much of a fight at all. D-backs will host game three of the series in Phoenix on Thursday. Technically, you really haven't lost home field advantage yet, Arizona, but things don't look good. How about this? Uh, Texas Rangers will host the reigning Houston, uh, the reigning champion, the Houston Astros, for game three in the American League Championship Series. That game will take place today. The two teams will be back on the diamond as uh, Max Scherzer takes the hill for the Rangers, the once New York met at the beginning of the year. He will be opposed by Christian Javier for the Astros. I'm going to still root for the Astros here, Anna Mitchell. I know really? it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go against uh, Matt Swain's wishes. Yeah, I'm going to root for the uh, Diamondbacks and I'm going to root for uh, the Astros. Well, you always go for the underdogs yeah yeah and uh i i'm going for for dusty baker and yeah i mean i know it's fun to see former reds like uh, michael lorenzen over there for the phillies along with nick castellanos and the cincinnati kid mm-hmm. and uh kyle schwarber but uh philly i've seen them no hit the reds in my lifetime in the postseason so hmm. I, I'm, I'm done seeing them celebrate in the postseason i'm i'm, I'm good on that yeah okay that, my that's pers- fair yeah that's that's my soapbox that I'm standing on for today. Let's uh, go over to you for traffic. Traffic, a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet, Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Tell me something good. Well, just a lot of slow traffic. There are a few accidents, but they're all on the shoulder wherever they are. So I'm just going to cover the slow stuff. Southbound 75, slowing from Union Center Boulevard down to the Norwood lateral as both directions of 71 running slow between the lateral and 275 looking at 275 uh, going westbound slash northbound at the top of the loop you're going to be slowing from Ward's corner over to an accident at Reed Hartman also looks like eastbound 275 is uh, running slow because of this accident backed up past the 75 interchange Now, eastbound 74, slowing from North Bend into the 75 interchange, northbound 71, 75. You're on the brakes from Turfway up to the river. Northbound 471 is slow from Alexandria Pike up to the river. 
Now for weather, partly cloudy today in Cincinnati with a high of 68 degrees, turning mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 53. Rain is likely tomorrow with downpours possible tomorrow afternoon and a high of 65. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, starting to partly cloudy today, a high of 67, mainly cloudy tonight, slight chance of a rain shower and an overnight low of 52, cloudy with occasional showers tomorrow and high of 66 degrees. Today is Wednesday, October the 18th. It is the feast of St. Luke the Evangelist, the man responsible for the Gospel of Luke and for the Book of Acts. So he wrote a lot of the New Testament. St. Luke, pray for us. Laura Streetman back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show from Cincinnati Right to Life. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Well, it's hard to believe and really sad, actually, that this is even a story that we are going to cover as we all watch in horror what has been going on in the Holy Land and Planned Parenthood is trying to fundraise off of it. That's exactly right. I mean, it's just plain sad. And, of course, you know, the conflict in the Middle East has us all upset, all of us praying. And so many lives lost with the destruction and upheaval of hundreds of thousands of people. And, you know, the conflict just seems right now to be without a resolution. And we just pray it can get settled before even more severe escalation. And while the world grieves the situation, it was reported last week that the only abortion facility in the Gaza Strip, a Planned Parenthood facility, it was destroyed on October 8th by an Israeli airstrike. And we, of course, we pray that it was empty and it's hard to wrap our minds around, you know, an abortion facility being destroyed by a bomb during a war. But it's also hard to wrap our minds around Planned Parenthood posting the videos of the destroyed abortion facility, raising money in order to provide the health care women need. <laughs> and the insanity around abortion, it just seems to have no end. And Lord, have mercy on all the people that are so innocent in the Middle East. And we pray that it ends, war ends soon, and we pray for an end to abortion. Yeah. Um, and of course, Annie, you know, our favorite, Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of mm-hmm. Calcutta, we can't help but not think of her quote where she says, but I feel the greatest destroyer of peace today is abortion. And because it is a war against the child, a direct killing of the innocent child, murder by the mother herself. And if we accept that a mother can kill even her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill one another? Just let that sit there for a second. Exactly. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's sad. It's profound. It's, I mean, yes, absolutely. So um, as we here in Ohio continue to fast and pray ahead of the November election, which is what, less than three weeks away now? Right. We are 20 days away from November 7th. And early voting in Ohio has begun. And as we prepare to vote in our state to legalize abortion through nine months, we would like everyone to know of a stunning photographic exhibition that needs to be seen by all. Um, It's called Evidence, Crime Scene Photos from the Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer. And it's a photo exhibition that takes place um, in Columbus, and it's a behind-the-scenes investigation of the prosecution of the notorious abortion doctor 
and serial killer Kermit Gosnell. Um, remember, he's from Philadelphia. And Cincinnati Right to Life will post more information about the exhibit in Columbus, but we encourage everyone to attend if they can, and especially the opening is Friday night, um, October 20th, and it's worth making the trip to honor these lost babies to pray and honor and, you know, what we might be facing here in Ohio, and we need to be warned. And it really displays how the mainstream media is complicit in the cover-up of the abortion industry, and they completely did not cover his trial or this tragedy that went on in Philadelphia. So um, we just, you know, invite everyone to drive up to Columbus to see this. It opens Friday night, and then we'll be open for through the weekend. So um, who's sponsoring this? Um, Do you know? The Right to Life Action Coalition. Yeah, the Right nice. to Life Action Coalition of Ohio and some of the other pro-life groups have brought cool. this exhibit in. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we will definitely look forward to more information on that. And, of course, uh, the timing, uh, obviously quite poignant as people continue to weigh and try to find um, correct information about what's going on with Issue 1. That's exactly right. And we thank our Catholic bishops and priests for their teaching from the pulpit through this whole election process um, about, you know, the seriousness of what's being attempted here in Ohio. And again, let's remember this amendment is so extreme that it would remove every health and safety protection in place for women. And these are laws um, that require the ultrasound, the 24-hour waiting period for women seeking an abortion. And of course, all the parental consent laws would be thrown out the door. Um, that protect minors from being taken for abortions by their rapists and abusers. And to top it all off, you know, analysts say our tax dollars would fund this. And for Catholics, you know, let's remember it's a time to live our faith and that the church stands for the dignity of the human person, and we are all called to defend life. And women in Ohio deserve better than abortion. And may we protect children and families here um, and keep this radical amendment out of our state constitution. And to that end, I know Cincinnati Right to Life has been working very hard. And I am so looking forward to being with you tomorrow night for the evening for life. That's exactly right. We know that the pro-life movement was founded right here in Cincinnati, Ohio, by Dr. and Mrs. Wilkie. And we're looking forward to being with you, too. In 50 years, um, it was founded in April of uh, 1973, just three months after Roe, enshrined abortion through nine months into our, you know, federal constitution. So, you know, we wouldn't be engaged in this battle, Annie, 50 years later, if the Wilkies had not had the vision to know that this has to be an organized effort and that we would have to battle for the dignity of the human person. So it's going to be a great night, and there's probably just a few tickets left if listeners here and they want to call the office, you know, right away. We could probably find some tables to plug you in, and it's going to be awesome. We have Mike Dunahy from 10th Avenue North. His father was dear friends with Dr. Wilkie, and, you know, he's one of the top Christian performing artist, and we have Mark Houck, who, of course, was arrested by the FBI for witnessing in front of Planned Parenthood, and we're honored to have Dr. John Bertowski, who is a former abortionist who had a major conversion to his Catholic faith, and he's going to share with us, you know, more about the abortion industry, and we'll have Rebecca Kiesling, who was conceived in rape. She's a beautiful mom from Michigan, and she's going to share with us what's going on in Michigan, and we just have to protect Ohio from becoming like Michigan. 
So we're just honored to have you too be our MC, Annie. It's always great to be oh with gosh. you in person. I am so pumped. I am so pumped to get to see you, to see, man, what a star-studded event for fitting for the golden anniversary of the Right to Life movement founded by Dr. Jack and Barbara Wilkie. Um, It is going to be incredible. So, yes, if you haven't gotten a ticket yet, what is keeping you from doing so you can go to Cincinnati Right to Life. And, Laura, you said call the office, and, and we'll see if we can get mm-hmm. some more tables set up for folks. Yeah, we'll have to call the office, and we can plug people in at some tables. And, yeah, cool. for sure. And, you know, you're not going to want to miss the speakers, but also just Mike is going to be doing a concert for us after the talks this wow. evening, or tomorrow evening. I know. He's pretty amazing. I've heard him at the March for Life at some events, and that's why we invited him here, because cool. he's got quite the compelling story along with his music. So oh, I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. It's going to be awesome, Laura. So I will look forward to getting to see you tomorrow night. And as always, thank you so much for your, your pro-life news reports here on the Sunrise Morning Show each week. Really appreciate it. Thank you. We've got uh, Cincinnati Right to Life linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. It's 18 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Traffic and weather coming up next. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith. When Rebecca Schaefer-Wells will discuss worship and sacred music. Kristen Gallagher will share the latest news from Cincinnati St. Vincent to Paul. I'll talk about the life of St. Luke the Evangelist, the frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. 20 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Eastbound 275 at Reed Hartman, the right three lanes are blocked with an accident, and this is a tra- this is affecting traffic in both directions. Uh, behind the accident, you're going to be slowing back toward Princeton Pike 747. 
Uh, onlookers delay growing on westbound 275 all the way back to Ward's Corner. Some other slow traffic, southbound 75 from Union Center Boulevard to the Norwood Lateral. Southbound 71 still slow in between Ronald Reagan and the Norwood Lateral. In northern Kentucky, northbound 7175 is slow from 275 up to the cut in the hill. Northbound 471 remains slow from Alexandria Pike up to the river. Looking in the Dayton-ish area, northbound 75. Before you get to Dayton, there is an accident blocking the left lane at Austin Boulevard, and that has you backed up past Springboro. Now for weather. Partly cloudy today in Cincinnati and pleasant with a high of 68 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight, not as cold. An overnight low of 53. Rain likely tomorrow with downpours possible in the afternoon with a high of 65. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny to partly cloudy today and a high of 67. Mostly cloudy tonight with a slight chance of a shower. An overnight low of 52. Cloudy with occasional rain showers tomorrow and high of 66 degrees. Please pray with me, the novena for Ohio ahead of the November election. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love, upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, Pray for us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray for us. Father Frank Donio joins us next. It's 23 past. Family, thank you for putting a Sacred Heart Radio bumper magnet on your vehicle. Because our recent listener survey told us just how many of you started listening after seeing one of our bumper magnets. In fact, some have declared that our bumper magnets are life changers. So to change lives, just take a drive. Showing off your Sacred Heart Radio bumper magnet. Now they're free, so to get one or a stack for your parish, go to SacredHeartRadio.com and click Signs and Magnets. That's SacredHeartRadio.com. Click Signs and Magnets. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymaid.com. Molly made a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive. 
serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. This is Deacon Mark Machuga, a prayer to St. Joseph for husbands and fathers. O St. Joseph, guardian of the Holy Family, you were completely given to God's holy will. Pray for me that I will respond with generosity to my vocation as husband and father. Pray that I will imitate your quiet strength, your diligence in work, your devoted love of the family. Most of all, St. Joseph, I ask that when I see my wife and children, that I will see reflected in their hearts the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Frank Donio from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Good morning, Father Frank. Good morning, Anna. It's good to have you back. And last week we were together, you were telling us about what the church means by apostolate. And of course, you run the Catholic Apostolate Center. Uh, Can you just give us a, a quick definition as a refresher to start off this conversation? I think the important thing to keep in mind with apostolate has to do with the the baptized, the confirmed, uh, that when we have received baptism, we are then become part of the mission of Christ and his church. And so going forth and doing apostolate is living our faith through our words, through our deeds, in everyday life, wherever we may find ourselves. Some of that also manifests itself in organizations that are called apostolates. Interestingly enough, Catholic Apostolate Center is a ministry mm-hmm. of the Palatine Fathers and Brothers. The name Catholic Apostolate comes from what St. Vincent Pallotti created, whom we talked about before. In 1835, a group of lay people, religious, and clergy who were then called to go forth and be apostles. That's where the connection is, that sending forth as apostles. Okay, and you mentioned that the Catholic Apostolate Center is a ministry, and that's what we are going to be talking about uh, for the bulk of our time together here is is ministry. What differentiates ministry from an apostolate? Ministry is always done on behalf of the Church. There are no freelance ministers in the Catholic Church. In some of the other Christian communities— There are people who decide one day that they're going to go forth and do ministry in the name of Christ and and seemingly on behalf of the Church. But really, in in Catholicism, all ministry that's done on behalf of the Church in whatever way, deacons, priests, bishops, lay people, uh, the work of religious... Anything that's done on behalf of the Church and is sanctioned by the Church, it can have the name of ministry. The individual is doing ministry, or the other is... And now, the ministry of the ordained is distinct from that which is named for laity, because that derives from baptism, but is again on behalf of the Church, whereas the other is holy orders and the Sacrament of Holy Orders, and so that there is a qualitative difference between that particular ministry of deacons, priests, and bishops, and the ministry of, uh, of, the, uh, of a layperson doing pastoral work, for example, in the Church. 
Can you give us some examples of what would be, I think most people understand that a priest is ministering because he's, I mean, to use kind of, uh, I don't know, crass terms, the priest is employed by the church in a way. Um, so how does it work for for others who are, are not priests, um, you know, working on behalf of, of their diocese or their parish? So, for example, people who are uh, the, the bishops of the United States have defined this as a, a group of lay ecclesial, what they call lay ecclesial ministers. So people who have leadership roles within parishes this is not the only type of lay ministry. The people who are involved in liturgical ministries or various ministries of the parish, they may have a role, but the pastor oversees all of that, and it's done on behalf of the parish. With other ministries, lay ecclesial ministries, they include the uh, director or coordinator of religious education, uh, the, uh, a youth or, an, or youth and young adult minister, a, uh, a person who is involved in liturgical or music ministry, but again, in the leadership role, uh, pastoral, what people who are called pastoral associates. Interestingly enough, the school principal, uh, a Catholic school principal, is considered a lay ecclesial minister by the bishops of the United sure. States because they are, they are responsible for not only the faith formation of the uh, of the the, the students, but also the faculty and the staff administration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Father, why does this distinction between apostolate and ministry even matter to the church? It matters because there there are those who are doing certain things on behalf, and the purpose of, of that is to assist others to be able to be formed, to go forth as apostles or missionary disciples, to, to be, to do apostolate. That's the piece that sometimes has been missing. Mm -hmm. It isn't about all the stuff, simply the, all the stuff that happens at the parish, which some people get very focused on, and then that almost privatizes things. No. Instead, everyone is called to go forth. So the people who are doing this full-time or part-time within the parish community, their focus needs to be on their other brothers and sisters to prepare them to go forth. And so really that's the, that's the goal, is to, to go forth and to proclaim Christ by word and by deed. Does that mean that ministry is better or greater than apostolate? No, it doesn't mean that. What it means is is that it's done it's on, on behalf of the church for the people. So you you won't be able to have your liturgical life. You wouldn't be able to have uh, in particular the ministry of priests. You wouldn't be able to to have the, the the overall sacramental life, faith formation and so forth unless this was unless this was appropriately organized by the church and also you you also be we have to be careful of people who just go off on their own and say i'm speaking this way on behalf of the church and there are people who do apostolate particularly those who may have a, a number go off and do a lot of speaking and so forth people start to believe that they're official teachers of the church they're not they're they're not doing this on 
purely on behalf of the Church. They're doing it because they feel called by the Holy Spirit to do that, and it's permitted to do that. The Second Vatican Council certainly gave that that sanction, if you will. But we have to recognize that 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 is not um, that that does not then equal that of the church's pastors or um, or in the way in which we're we're functioning in the way in which you prepare people to go forth. Um, so that's different than the parish or various other Catholic ministries schools, uh, Catholic charities, these types of things that exist um, that are meant to, to serve, um, serve not only Catholics, particularly Catholic charities, but they're meant to serve all. Well, that kind of brings up a question for me as we close out our conversation, that there are apostolates that do a better job of, of forming and sending out more apostolates uh, than than the ministers are. So, what does that tell us? Well, there are there are certainly very good apostolates, but there are sometimes where apostolates. You know, again, there's a difference between apostolate of the individual person, and, and I made this distinction last yeah. week with Matt, and apostolates, right. organizations that are those are organizations that that has a different. That's not really what I'm talking about per se. Mm-hmm. That that they have a relationship with the church usually, in some way. They don't just exist on their own. Some of them do, but also they sometimes can go awry. And we have several instances of this. I'm not saying ministry doesn't either, but we do have several instances of this that if we're not careful, if there's not a good and close connection with the church then we, we need to be careful. For example, you know, you know that I'm involved with the Knights of Columbus. Right. The Knights of Columbus is not a Catholic organization in the way it's an organization of Catholic men. It really is apostolic work. Mm. But they have a very close connection to the church and her pastors. And so whenever there are these apostolates and they can do very tremendous and wonderful work, they always should have a good and close connection with the with the church itself but it doesn't have to be an official ministry of the church because they have a specific charism that they have that they have, that has grown up that's different from the individual an individual is called to go forth no matter what in their daily life and that's really what we're trying to get at as church today and have been for many years through many popes of the individual layperson going forth for Christ, and what some of the result of that has been these apostolates as well. Yeah, good stuff. These are, as you say, important distinctions to to understand and make, and hopefully people feeling more called to that apostolate lifestyle as uh, you've been discussing, those of us listening to you right now as as individual members of the laity. We've been talking to Father Frank Donio. And Father, if listeners want to check out the resources that you have in forming apostles for the Lord, where do they find them? Just go to catholicapostolatecenter.org. You can find that linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, thank you. Thank you and God bless. You too, Father. Thank you. All right. It's 36 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. 
President Biden is making a wartime visit to Israel just after a deadly blast yesterday at a Gaza hospital that killed hundreds. Palestinian officials are blaming Israel. Israel says the bombing was the result of a rocket misfire carried out by Islamic Jihad. The Pentagon says it's not clear who is responsible at this point. The country of Jordan was scheduled to host a summit between Biden and Egyptian and Palestinian leaders, but canceled it after the bombing. Lebanon's Hezbollah has called for a day of rage over this bombing. And meanwhile, a ground invasion of Gaza by Israeli forces still appears imminent. Trey Thomas has more. Israel has imposed a blockade of the Gaza Strip, along with bombarding the region after Hamas's coordinated attacks earlier this month. The death toll from the fighting has now risen to 4,400. This comes as the U.S. and Israel have agreed to a plan to provide humanitarian aid from donor nations to civilians in Gaza. I'm Trey Thomas. Pope Francis has made a phone call to the parishioners of the Catholic parish in Gaza. Sister Nabila Saleh of the Rosary Sisters of Jerusalem told Vatican Radio that the Holy Father asked how many were sheltering at the parish of the Holy Family and she said the answer is about 500 including the sick families, children, disabled people who have lost their homes and belongings. She said it was a great blessing to be able to speak with the Pope. She said he gave us courage and support in prayer. And another vote will be held this morning to elect a new Speaker of the House. Ohio Republican Jim Jordan failed to get the necessary votes during the first ballot of the vote on the House floor yesterday. He said he has no plans of withdrawing his name. This morning's vote is scheduled for 11 a.m. Eastern. 8.38 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Here's Paul Lockman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Last night in the baseball world, the Philadelphia Phillies took care of business. Kyle Schwarber hit two of the Phil's three solo homers as they crushed the Diamondbacks 10 to nothing in game two of the NLCS in Philadelphia. Things will change as the D-backs will host game three of the series. That will be Thursday from Phoenix ALCS. The Texas Rangers looking to uh, move one win closer toward a uh, trip to the World Series. Texas hosting the reigning champion Houston Astros for Game 3 of the American League Championship Series today. Two teams will take the diamond at Globe Globe Life Field after the Rangers won won both of the games in Houston to start the series. Texas sending out right-hander Max Scherzer to the mound as he'll be opposed by Houston right-hander Christian Javier. How about the uh, Bengals? Bengals said... Their offense is not good enough. That's according to offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, who was fuming after reviewing the tape from Sunday's win over the Seahawks. Bengals offense sits uh, pretty bad out of the league ranks, 32nd in total offense. Cincinnati will have plenty of time to fix their uh, offensive problems as they sit on a bye week this week. That's a check-in on Sports 20 till the top of the hour. We're back with more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. In this crazy world, where can Catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith? Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. 
It's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values from Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to SacredHeartRadio.com and click angels list the sunrise morning show continues it's always great to talk to kevin prendergast our pastoral counseling correspondent as it were who's got lots of experience in the classroom also in private practice kevin good morning hey good morning matt you know this time in the morning there are a lot of people looking at what they've got going on today and they are stressed out about it and uh there are a lot of people who kind of probably went to bed stressed last night and uh you have been stressed maybe for a few weeks or longer, you know, maybe since the start of school, maybe longer than that. Uh, how do we determine uh, from your experience, mm-hmm. you know, as a pro in this area, whether we're just stressed out or whether we're in the realm of what uh, can be diagnosable as a possible anxiety disorder? Yeah, exactly, Matt. So I think just distinguishing would be helpful. So we hear too much about the mental health illness epidemic that's going on. And I always am cautious about that because there's a lot of self-report inventories, which are not the most valid ways to determine prevalence of mental disorder. So stress is not a mental disorder. And a little bit of anxiety is not a a mental disorder. And, you know, we start with a couple of presuppositions like life is difficult, as one of our psychiatrists said. Our Lord said, in the world, you will have trouble, right? So he says says that, uh, you know, in his last uh, conversation with his disciples. So he's not promising a bed of roses. So we have difficulty. And is that always a mental health disorder? How do, what, what are some keys here? So one is that for anxiety, let's talk about this first in mental health awareness month, anxiety. So for an anxiety disorder, there's probably about 80, 80% of the population do not have that. So it occurs in about one out of five people that have a diagnosable, they meet all the criteria. And those are things like social anxiety, generalized anxiety, phobias, OCD, panic disorder. Uh, But I have a lot of people that come in and say, well, I think I have OCD because I like to have my spices organized. But it's helpful to look at, you know, when we look at the diagnostic research and the prevalence over a year is about 1% of people actually have OCD. Only about, you know, 2 or 3% have generalized anxiety. So we all have stress. But I think it, it might be a little bit of a consolation, like, okay, stress is happening. And I like to think about it as a kind of a red flag or a big red warning light going off that says something's out of balance. There was a, you know, pop movie that came out back in the 70s. I think it was called Koyana 
Watsi, which was life out of balance, which I, and I always like that, the life out of balance. Yeah. You so know, as I you're saying one, this, mm-hmm, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. this because there's so many parallels, right? Uh, you know, we could mm-hmm. talk about how we, you know, maybe want to remove all sense of pain from our life, physical pain, but physical pain is actually very useful. <laughs> you know, it yeah. tells us when we need to stop uh, doing a certain thing because our body's like, you know, it will hurt if you continue to do this, right? Uh, yeah, there are... you know, that you, yeah, exactly. You, you, you're, an, you're an athlete and you've had injuries and sometimes we, you know, work through the discomfort, but an injury is something different from discomfort. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm not trying to minimize like when people like people do have anxiety disorders and need a mental health professional. So, uh, you know, the attack that I'm taking these days, Matt, is when a lot of people, especially the younger folks, come in and they've been on social media a lot. And there was a lot of self-diagnosis. So I say, I want to take that seriously. So you're obviously feeling some distress. Let's try to look at what's going on in your life. You know, do you need... You know, to, you know, more of an assessment to see if you need medication. And some people absolutely need medication. I always encourage in these segments, you should be talking to your primary care physician regularly. They see a lot of this. They're pretty good at distinguishing. But is medication the first thing that I should try? And that's a good question a lot of the PCPs will ask is, what else have you tried to take care of this? And and sometimes we do the bad things, like, and that's in our segments, we've talked about ugly coping. So the thing about ugly coping to relieve stress, and those are things like, you know, doom scrolling through the news or binge watching or doing gaming or drinking pot, pornography, uh, you know, all the kinds of things, junk food, retail therapy. Those give us immediate relief, uh, but they, it wears off pretty quickly, and it doesn't fix the problem. Wait, are you saying that the psychological list mm-hmm. of damaging behaviors matches pretty closely the sorts of things that the church tells us are sinful behaviors? <laughs> yeah, and, and it also matches pretty virtu- wildly. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it is. And there, and we talk about virtuous habits, <clears throat> right? So by doing you know certain things. So if we look at like in my lifestyle, you know my eating sleeping, exercising, physical activity? Do I have some uh, service that I'm doing to help other people? How are my relationships going? So if I'm really stressed out, I would say generally the question I ask my clients is what's out of balance in your life? Like, And you know, the thing about ugly coping or avoiding what anxiety wants us to do is to avoid the situation that we're afraid of that's uncomfortable. And it actually, it gives us immediate relief. It's a reinforcer. Uh, The anxiety, the stress goes away when we avoid something. I'm just going to go play games for a couple hours and I don't have to think about my marriage or my problems at work. Maybe I should change my job or my kid who's in trouble or, you know, the fact I'm drinking too much or whatever. So I don't need to look at that, but it comes back with a vengeance. So if I look at like, what am I avoiding? And if the the stress might be a sign that there's something in my life that I need to pay attention to, and that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means, you know, I need to get my courage up. And that's where prayer, talking with somebody, having an accountability partner, somebody that can guide me, a spiritual guide. And sometimes that's not enough. See, that's why if we do that as a first level, look at my lifestyle, look at my relationships, look at what I'm avoiding. And I'm still feeling really anxious and it and it's impairing. That's the key thing here, Matt, is it usually lasts for six months and it causes significant impairment in my daily activities. Well, that's not stress doesn't do that just on its own, but an anxiety disorder does. So Jesus also said, In the world you will have trouble, but take courage, I have conquered the world. So we can fall back on our faith, but use our primary care physician, use the psychologist, uh, use all the other tools that we have as well. 
Thanks so much, Pastoral Counselor Kevin Prendergast. You can find him linked at sunrisemorningshow.com in the show notes. Back after this, it's 12 till. Are you using the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app? Well, by updating or reinstalling the Sacred Heart Radio app, you get the upgraded features like the daily podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again from the Sunrise Morning Show or Driving Home the Faith. To reinstall the Sacred Heart Radio app, go to sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code, and depending on your phone, choose the App Store or Google Play to begin enjoying the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app. Many times, the death of a loved one occurs while they are away from home. Depending on the distance, this expense could cost their family tens of thousands of dollars. To help families, the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society offers the Travel Plan, which assists in bringing home a loved one if death occurs more than 100 miles from their residence. A reasonable one-time fee provides a lifetime of coverage. Find out more about the Travel Plan at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Hi, this is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Monsignor Charles Pope. You can find him online at MonsignorPope.com. He writes for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., and you can read that blog at blog.adw.org. Good morning, Monsignor Pope. Good morning. So we're going to be talking about the first commandment today. It says, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, of course, we know there are those who deliberately reject, choose to not believe in God, you know, those who are deliberately atheist or agnostic for that matter. My question to you is about those who, when asked, would probably say, yeah, I believe in God, but he's not really, you know, a big part of my life. How do those people square up with the first commandment? Well, uh, they're engaged in basically what we used to call idolatry, you know, um, or Maybe some of them are agnostics. So you got, you got, I think, the two, you know, the agnostics are kind of what I call the lazy atheists. You say, well, I don't, I don't know, so I'm just going to get on with my day. Um, but uh, there's another group that sort of fashion their own designer gods, you know, um, the god within and um, the, um, you know, that kind of stuff, the god of my understanding, you know, and they always happen to agree with me. And uh, they tend to uh, ascribe words to say, I'm not religious and spiritual well okay um but you know again it's it's um kind of a very convenient uh invent your own god we used to call that idolatry so you could have got two other options than just outright you know atheism or out, out, outright idolatry it's a kind of a soft idolatry you know sure so when we look at the first commandment um those people might think well this is a pretty selfish demand that God is is placing on us, um, 
But yeah. aren't the commandments, Monsignor Pope, aren't they set out for our own good? Yeah, if, if you if you look at um, why would yeah why would God command us? It's not because He has a big ego. God is perfectly happy without us. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, God doesn't need me, um, and He doesn't you know need uh, praise or accolades and so on. Um, he's perfectly you know just He has all all happiness. Now that said, then yeah, as you point out, the commandments are for our sake. So what what starts to happen to an individual and the culture? When we stop believing in God, and a lot of things start falling apart really fast. Um, and I think it's Chesterton who said, you know, that it's not that people don't, if they stop believing in God, they don't believe, uh, they believe in nothing, but that they'll believe in anything. Mm-hmm. And this is what we see a lot of today, huh? Um, yeah. So you have that. Um, but you also have just us as individuals, you know, people, well, man is a religious animal. <laughs> If, if we're not going to believe in God, we're going to end up, you know, uh, putting belief in something. You know, people, for example, when we get rid of the story of Genesis uh, about the fatal flaw of the human person, we have to reinvent it, and we're all evil because we're ruining the climate or something. You know, it, it always gets reinvented in some way that tends to be harmful. Um, likewise, a lot of the old pagan gods demanded all kinds of crazy sacrifices and even human sacrifice, and uh, people were pretty worn out with, you know, the demands of these ancient gods, many of whom Paul says were demons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's um, we're going to shift. If we're not going to believe in the one true God who loves us, we're going to turn to other things that harm us. Yeah. And, you know, most of these people, atheists included, are generally good people, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. they're not murdering people. Everybody has their flaws, but, yeah, right. you know, most people are nice or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. What is the consequence for the culture, though, when mm-hmm. we have a society filled with nice people who don't really bother with God? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, none of us are really all that nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's a good a point. Dark, You're right. We have a lot of darkness. But I mean, we're not saying that all the atheists are out there doing terrible, awful things. That's not the point. But the point is that they don't think they're ever going to answer to anyone, especially God. And that's when you start having people in large numbers who think that, you know, they'll never have to ever answer to God for what they do, things get very dicey very quick, collectively speaking. It may be individuals atheists who have a lot of natural virtue and don't bother anyone, but collectively speaking, you end up with a a, a huge generation uh, or a large number in a generation that no longer think they're going to answer to God, and they begin to get very cruel and pretty ugly pretty fast, at least collectively speaking. And the other thing that happens is that, you know, we used to have a common biblical narrative that was kind of in everybody's mind, even though we had sectarian differences we all had basic fundamental beliefs in the basic moral norms of the Bible and the basic biblical principles and so on. Today, you remove that, you see, and today everybody's going to go, the craziest stuff is out there. You know, somebody says, I can, I'm a man, but I can be a woman. I mean, it, it, things break down very quickly when there isn't a common reference that everybody has. And uh, we end up in what, what Bishop Barron calls the suffocating subjectivism. Mm. And um, and of course, what Pope Benedict called the uh, the the, uh, you know the tyranny the tyranny of relativism, 
and everybody's, you know, it's just raw power. You will think what I think because I tell you to. You know, I have the power to make you comply. And that's kind of where we are today. It's a lot of screaming and hollering. There's no common reference point anymore. Anybody believes any crazy thing. And we're supposed to just go along with it. And um, so those kinds of things happen in a culture when there isn't a common belief in God. Well, this is why we are trying to build up the culture as best we can here as Christians. We've been talking to Monsignor Charles Pope. He's got a really interesting piece over at blog.adw.org, unpacking this even further. Um, Monsignor Pope, appreciate the, the piece, appreciate the conversation this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, that will do it for this Wednesday. What day is today? Today's Wednesday. Wednesday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll look forward to talking to you again tomorrow on a Thursday, the Feast of the North American Martyrs. Until then, have a wonderful Feast of St. Luke today. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Cincinnati Right to Life presents the Golden Evening for Life. Thursday, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Featuring former abortionist Dr. John Bruchowski, musician Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North, activist Mark Hauk, abortion survivor Rebecca Kiesling, and Sacred Heart Radio's Anna Mitchell. The Golden Evening for Life, October 19th at the Sharonville Convention Center. Reservations at CincinnatiRightToLife.org. That's CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at WimbergLandscaping.com. That's WimbergLandscaping.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. This is Cardinal Raymond Burke. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com.